State of the Save is back with part two of our Undertale discussion. You might be wondering, who's this strange voice that's usually the second person to speak up and not the first person? Eric, our main host, uh, had a wonderful baby girl this weekend. Coincidentally, I also got a niece. Weird. Uh, figure that one out. Anyway. Very strange. Very strange. Weird. Weird dynamics there. Anyway. Uh, we have a great show for you today. Uh, let's start going around the horn a little bit. My name's Michael, hosting the show today. Uh, let's go around our uh, other host, Nick. Nick, how's it going? It's going good. That's good to hear. <laughs> also, I want to say off the top, too, this is uh, some scheduling things got weird. So this is now a remote show. So if there's some technical lapses or difficulties, uh, we apologize. But... I, I'm hopeful that this will all hold strong and everything. So far, so good. Uh, John is back from Undertale Part 1. You might remember John. Say hello, hello. John. Hi, I was there. I did Undertale Part 1, along with these uh, lovely people. You were there. Friend to everyone, except Toriel in an alternate timeline and a few other <laughs> random encounters. That's true. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm a, an enemy to many Undertale folk. Boy, there, there's a, there's already a lot I want to go into on this game because there's oh, so yeah. much. And this, this, <laughs> I don't want to say this game is backloaded, but because there is a lot up front, it's not like Bastion where everything happens in the last hour. This is very yeah. much a game, though, where just there's so much to talk about, especially on the pacifist route. But before we get started with that, I kind of want to touch base with everybody, see what we've been playing. Uh, let's start with Nick. Nick, what have you been up to besides Undertale? Um, other than Undertale, I am a little late to the party on the Apex Legends Arenas mode. I've, I've mostly heard about that from Eric, because, but I'll be honest, ever since like the first season of Apex, I don't know what's going on anymore. You could tell <laughs> me that they're having crossovers with like Indiana Jones, and I'll be like, that sounds about right, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's just Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about the arenas mode what separates it really from the uh main uh battle royale mode um so i actually prefer arenas going back to apex um i used to play a lot in the first maybe three or four seasons but i haven't touched it in a while uh so there's like three or four more heroes that have come out that i haven't seen um but essentially it's just 3v3 um i don't know if anybody played breakout and halo 5 but it's kind of similar vibes. I guess it's the same as like no respawns. Uh, you can revive, but <clears throat> other okay. than that, it's just kind of like you pick your loadout with uh, currency that you earn throughout the match. So there's kind of like a buy phase and everything. Uh, but I, I really enjoy it. When you initially said breakout, my mind went to like uh, that classic like Atari arcade game. I was like, wait, it's like Atari? All right, cool. <laughs> All right, you, get, you gotta you gotta move the block to break some blocks. All right, cool. I I, I get this, but. Apex is going yeah. a new le- a new direction. <laughs> Apex is really changing it up. I have no idea what it is even anymore. But is that pretty much because when I thought of like think of the arena mode, is it similar in my mind to like when Overwatch got that like tighter PvP that wasn't like the six on six? I think it was like the three on three like deathmatch mode. Um, That's kind of what I picture in my head when I hear yeah. the word arena. 
kind of so it's not like you're not you don't have to go through the whole looting thing like there's only uh containers in the arena that you can get oh. health items from so it's not like you're looting other weapons there is a supply so drop halfway through but okay so you pick your lot ahead of time and you have like that one thing that changes up the match on the fly like my guns no match for their guns so a drop happens and you can like kind of restash if you need to yeah exactly but you know okay I, gotcha i really enjoy it because it kind of takes away the like the third partying aspect like you don't have to worry about another team rolling up on you while you're in the middle of your fight like it's just mm. you versus this other team that sounds a lot tighter i bet games go a lot faster in that too yeah so it's uh there's a weird scoring like mechanic in it where it's just what? like if you're the okay. first to three you will win the game but then if you both kind of like inch up, like you go back and forth and trade rounds, uh, I don't know what the longest match can be, but you're basically trying to win best of threes after that as well. So it's weird. Gotcha. But, so you have to win by two. You can't just win by one. You got to win by two. That's what it seems like. But I also haven't been able to notice a pattern whatsoever. So <laughs> Gotcha. So it might be like tennis. Apex Maybe. Legends Arena is like tennis. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, other than that, I just got to say, new champion or whatever is broken. His name is Seer, and he basically just has wall hacks. Like, they've just gotten to that point of the game where it's just, nope, this operator just has wall hacks. <laughs> he looks cool, though. He has a really cool hat and has, like, a cyborg <laughs> aesthetic about him. I'm like, I, I dig this dude. Yeah, he's pretty, uh, pretty fancy. He does look cool. So uh, if I go back into Apex, I'm going to have to grind for hours just to get him because I refuse to pay any money for that game for some reason. I'm just yeah, I feel the strong. same way. All right. John, what what has been rocking your consoles not under... T- I, I'm not good at this hosting thing. <laughs> <Rocking> <laughs> no, man, consoles. rocking your console. Yeah, rocking that's, that's console. Just a normal phrase. We're starting it now. It, it, <laughs> I like it. Stay the same. We're rocking your consoles. Ears, <laughs> your ear holes. That's- with that's, our the podcast. <laughs> that's the t-shirt uh logo love it eric's not here we're already thinking of t-shirts <laughs> but yeah no uh i've been listening to the show eric this is what you get when you're gone this <laughs> crazy ideas without your consent <laughs> that's the next podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the next um, show name <laughs> crazy ideas without your consent oh jeez. <laughs> but yeah no uh <laughs> I've been playing uh, a lot of... Well, lately, I haven't really gotten into anything like very story-heavy. Well, I guess it's debatable, because I've been playing the latest... Uh, I guess it's the latest Zombies map in Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Yeah, It's okay. called uh, Mauer der Toten, which translates to Wall of the Dead. <laughs> they're, they're in German again, does that they mean? Are. All well, right, so it's I'm weird. You, I'm going to give you a couple minutes... Because you are the zombie lore expert. Well, I, I was because they. I'll explain. Uh, so because if you don't know, listeners, zomb, Call of Duty Zombies has an extensive lore very, that encapsulates how many timelines? At like, is least, there a number? There are two highly developed timelines, but there are several that are referenced. Okay. That like have individual events based around them. So. So when we last seen the group, is it the, the original four that it's was kind not. of in the Black Ops mode? Okay, so it's a new team. They're gone. They have, okay. uh, well, uh, Call of Duty Zombies lore spoiler ahead. 
that's fine. At the end, at the end of, of, of Black Ops, if you Ops care, 4, you know this already. Exactly. <laughs> Honestly, exactly. At the end of Black Ops Four, the four characters die. the The main four characters that you played as for the last ten years, they die because they realize that the thing that's perpetuating the zombies throughout the multiverse. Yes, I said multiverse is the fact that there are several versions of themselves that keep on living and making it through this cycle. And the cycle repeats itself when they get to a certain point. Because that was the thing in Black Ops 3. They had to yes. find the original prime timeline 3... versions and kill them. Yes. Black Ops 3 is the bad ending because that keeps the timeline going forever. Okay, I didn't know this. <laughs> yes. Black Ops 3 is considered the bad ending because it keeps you in the loop. It looks like a happy ending because it shows the characters triumphant at the end, but that just means they're about to do that shit all over again. And oh, that's no. not fun. And Black Ops 4, which is not as good of a game, but it's the good ending because when they go back to Alcatraz, they break the timeline and they find out like, oh crap, we're stuck in this loop because... Hey, time, time out. Can I stop you there? Yeah. It goes back to the Alcatraz map from 2? Yes, that is oh. a pivotal map. It all in, comes back to Alcatraz. Yes. <laughs> in the original, they had this Alcatraz map in Black Ops 2 where it was it was its own self-contained story, as we thought. Where the story of that map was there were four mobsters, and one of them was aware that they were in a cycle, and the other three were not. And the end game of that map was that you had to get the guy who was aware of the cycle to kill the other three mobsters... Because it's inevitable that the mobsters turn on him and kill him. And that keeps that cycle going. But you have to break the cycle by killing the other mobsters. When he breaks that cycle, it breaks the entirety of the cycle for the whole storyline. And that triggered the break for the main characters. When they got to Alcatraz, there was a version of themselves that's like, wait a second, the lab's not... We're supposed to be over here. Why are we here? This is different. This is different. This isn't good. And then, because there's only one of the characters that's aware of the cycle in this group, too. And he's like, okay. this is bad. This is not normal. Why Someone is... had to speak up. Yeah. And so he ends up getting killed because he's what's keeping the cycle going in that time. It's weird. The point is, that's all gone. Those characters have died. It's crazy. Okay. If you're interested in, in just listening to a very interesting set of lore, look up COD Zombies lore. It is very surprisingly interesting. I've been playing the new game. Okay. which is its own self-contained reboot of that universe. At the end okay. of the storyline... That the needed a reboot. If something needed a reboot, it was the zombie's timeline. Yes. It, they collapsed the multiverse into one singular universe, and all of the, the oh, trash... Oh, gotcha. yeah. All of the trash from all the other universe was thrown into this place called the Dark Ether. So there were only two dimensions now. The, the one dimension and the Dark Ether. This new storyline, inevitably, the Germans during World War II, in a desperate attempt to try to win the war, find a way to breach dimensions. They open up the Dark Ether, and all the zombies from all the timelines start calling. Germans are at again. <laughs> it's, and that's the story, essentially. We're in Berlin trying to stop a Nazi, an outbreak of Nazis that are currently in the Dark Ether, formulating an army as an undead. It's weird. But the map so is cool. And it's built up to be this, like, East Berlin and West Berlin are in ruins. Because this takes place when the wall was still up. Okay. In, in the 80s. And the wall in this map is blown open. Zombies are all over Berlin. And your goal is to stop the Nazi army from coming out of the Dark Ether. And it's really cool. 
That does sound cool. Because I'm glad we got to, to like tie this up to zombies in the end. Because as we were talking like multiverse and everything, I kept thinking, "Was what does this have to do with zombies again?" Exactly. <laughs> it's it's really it was just them trying. The zombies to be are like, just there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All this whole like alternate universe storylines going on. It really is. It's just the fact. It's sort of more so the fact that zombies are there. I didn't even talk about the aliens, but we're not going to go into that. What? Okay. Okay. <laughs> We're, we're not yeah. so is so is vanguard the new like being set in world war ii is that going to tie with more nazi zombies in a way or yes is it... it actually is we okay. got an announcement recently and this is really exciting to me because vanguard is going to be a world war ii game but the zombies in this game is going to be made by treyarch which are the company that has made the most popular zombies i even know that's a big deal because they made the zombie timeline they are like the yeah. prime they're the canonical zombie people it, it's a huge deal because they're going to continue the story that's happening right now in black ops cold war in vanguard okay. it's going to be like pre talking about that's the first time that's happened where it carried over yes. into like different studios well i think vanguard's correct me if i'm wrong but i think all the studios are working on vanguard like it's not just one I studio so. anymore i think so so there was a de development issue in the past where Sledgehammer was supposed to make the COD that's out now, Cold War. But something happened, we don't know what, and Treyarch had to take over control of that game. Treyarch, okay. I didn't know if that was Raven. So uh, Raven, Raven helps. So Treyarch okay. and Raven made that game. And it's like, for this new COD, it's just an amalgamation of Sledgehammer leading the project, but with Raven okay. and Treyarch assisting. And Treyarch okay. heading the zombie mode. And that's what's exciting to me. Because I know zombies will be in good hands with them. That does sound really cool, and I can't wait to hear about all the crazy lore stuff that happens. That... <laughs> it's going to be exciting. It, it's a lot more contained, and it makes a lot more sense because there's no longer a multiverse. It's now okay. like... Um, the the they... story is told through radio intel. You no longer play as a, a named character. Okay. You play as a team called Requiem. Sounds and... kind of Bioshocky in that sense. Like, they Bioshock the story. Like, yeah. Or in, more ingrained into the environment rather than, like, yes. shoot these puzzle boxes and then unlock a cutscene. Yes. It's like you find okay. the intel to learn about the story around the map. And it's... Okay. That's how you learn the story. You learn through exp exploration of the maps. And it's kind of neat. Uh, it, I kind of miss being one of those funny characters who have those... They have their funny quips. But it, it's kind of neat that the story is being told this way. Uh, that is really cool. And I really want to check that out. Yeah. Uh, thanks, John. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So, I'm going to be quick. I'm dipping back into Final Fantasy VII Remake. I know I said that I would talk about this next when I had finished it, but I am so close to the finish line. I'm in chapter 17 of 18. I have a couple hours to go. That is a crazy, bonkers, wonderful video game. And I absolutely love it. It dragged a little bit in there between like chapters 11 and 12. I'll detail more about that later but overall i'm still having a very solid time but the other weird video game thing that happened this week so i got i had a 3ds for a while but i only really had pokemon games on it so i found mm -hmm. this thing that like there's bootleg like ds cartridges that have an sd card in them where you can load with a bunch of games whoa so i ordered one from china <laughs> and it's here now <laughs> And it's oh, loaded nice. with 200 uh, Nintendo DS ROMs on it. So it's basically an emulator load onto a DS cart. Whoa. <laughs> so I'm having a lot of fun with that. And I found ways to like extract the files from it. So that way, if the, the crappy cheap SD card fails, I can have a backup with a new SD card. And I can load that with my own 
like ROMs and stuff. Nice. So the only thing I've been playing on that, I played a round of Mario Party DS. <laughs> Hell yeah. Which, Nick, if you want, you, I, I, rem- I recall you saying that you wanted like a back to basics Mario Party. You didn't want any of the, like the bonus stars and everything. Yes. So I don't know if you played Mario Party DS. It's kind of that. It is, you have 10 turns. There are no bonus stars. Whoever has the most stars and coins at the end of the game wins. And it goes, you win. And then you do a boss fight and then move on to the next thing. Boss I respect fight. that. It's very like the story mode is very much like you're playing this to go. You probably only have a little bit to play, so we're gonna streamline this. The boards are really small. We're just gonna keep make it like very back to basics in a sort of way. So I am in a way also, I can appreciate. I'm also uh, kind of curious what what boss fight are we talking here? Like, so it was a piranha plant boss fight where it's basically has the framework of like a mini game. Except okay. uh, it's a single-player minigame, and the one I did was you had to press A rapidly to hover above a piranha plant on the bottom screen that was coming up to eat you, and it would spit bombs at you. So while heading A to like levitate, you had to press B to catch the bombs and throw it back. There was no luck. It was all like skill-based, in a way. <laughs> so, very I interesting. I why they haven't stuck with something like that. Like They always go to weird platform specific mini games like for the gamecube you had the microphone mini games and stuff like that yeah i remember those. this one this one does have that like there's some mini games that you only play with like the stylus Makes and sense. some and uh some that you play with buttons but you never have to use both at once it's like this is a button mini game or this is a stylus mini game hmm. which makes sense because you're the only person i don't mind that so much because you're the only one playing on that console you don't have to share Anything with anybody or hand somebody a worse controller. Theoretically, everybody with a DS or would be around and play local. Yeah, with it with their own DS. So I don't mind it. None of the mini games seem like too overly complex that you can't figure it out. And if you mess up, you're like, "Oh, I get it now. I'll get it next time." Does the Switch have that sort of uh, local play? Yeah, it has remote play for not remote play. What am I thinking of? Like local play for a lot of the games like you can do that with um smash brothers and i think you can do that with the mario party but i'm not 100 percent sure and it doesn't require any kind of like internet connection no it requires just like you being like in the same awesome. proximity because you yeah, can do that with the... um the clubhouse games thing so you can like play all play uh like uh uh, uh chinese checkers or something right in a group setting like that so I just remember the uh, the Nintendo DS specifically just being kind of the king for like broke kids trying to play games together because you could like play <laughs> Mario. Uh, what is it? Mario Kart. You could just Mario if Kart. one person had it. All four people yes. could play together. It was so That's awesome. right. I remember <laughs> that. Yeah, I had a friend who had it and we were like we had a this was a long time ago. I remember we had a sleepover where I didn't have the game, but I was able to play it with him because he had it. It was great. That's really cool. And there's some Switch games that do that too. Like I know uh, Clubhouse Games has that where it's just like, hey, download this app and everyone can play together in the same room. You can't like play it over like Wi-Fi, but in the same room at least. But That's awesome. All right. Now we talked about some Mario Party antics. Are we ready to get heavy with some Undertale? Well, not heavy at first. It kind of, this section (laughs) of Undertale Part (laughs) 2 yeah, kind of starts pretty like not light i would say but like there's a lot of levity to like the beginning of this section and i'm gonna try to break this up when we discuss it uh bit by bit because 
uh, me and Nick have gone uh, full pacifist. We have done the second route, essentially, and gotten, like, the true pacifist ending. I assume, uh, John, you've finished the main neutral playthrough, right? Yes, I, I've i been doing it. I've continued it neutral. I only would kill who I wanted to kill. And, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I can't wait to hear how... I'm going to be playing this game again, and I'm going to be yeah. doing the pacifist run. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to mostly be talking, especially when we get to the second half, you can feel free to... Especially once we get the trains on my end. Uh, especially once we get to the <laughs> second route. John, if you want to, like, mute us while we're talking... Spo- me and uh, Nick will be talking, like, heavy spoilers for that section, you can. Or if you just want to hear us out and see how the run is different... That'll be, that'll be your choice. Or I'll just go oh. la 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 into the microphone. Yeah, yeah that's the perfect solution. <laughs> perfect solution. Yeah, absolutely. That way nobody gets spoiled. <laughs> All right. So I booted up the game again, and I was greeted with like a very happy like start screen. Like all the characters I had saved were like on the main screen, and the like the title screen music was a lot jauntier and happier than I remembered it being initially. I thought that alone was really cool. And the way... Yeah. I would go ahead and say that the way this game handles knowing that it's a game is the thing I love most about it. Like, there are fourth wall breaks in games all the time, but I was very impressed with the way they handled fourth wall breaks, especially in, like, the second half of this game. It's the way it, like, plays with the fact that it's a video game, like blew my mind and i've seen stuff in like games like that before i'll talk more specifics once we get on but i was just constantly impressed with the way it handled that stuff yeah honestly there were like moments where the fourth wall was being broken in one way like in a way that wasn't like super meta but then Mm -hmm. like a character like like sans would just break it to a meta point exactly like yeah, we'll we'll get to that. All right, so putting up this game again, the first thing I did was I rode the... I went to the Grim Reaper uh, sailboat dude and rode back to uh, Undyne's place because I remembered that I had once passed Undyne's home, but I didn't oh. actually go in there. Yeah. And I since... Have a, I have a question yeah. for you about that yes. ride. So... Okay. I looked into this and I was interested to find some things out about this. Mm-hmm. Did when you were riding back, did they say anything about beware the man who speaks in hands? I don't remember that. No. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's a kind of like a pool of like random dialogue or whatever. I did okay. get that one as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I can't remember who it's actually regarding. Do you know anything about that? Um, I think there's so I think so. I don't want to jump to a conclusion. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I think it's about the doctor prior to um Alphys. Is that her name? Uh yeah, the Dr. Gaster. Yeah, yeah. The doctor prior to them, and it's like something happened, one of their experiments went wrong. I was look. I was like, well, now that I've played this game, I could look into like lore, and I've learned that there is like a poll of quotes and stuff you can get in various playthroughs. Like, 
you could play the game 50 times and get a new quote on the 50th time because there's like it's like a 100 it's like the game when you start a new game of undertale it apparently takes a number between like one and 100 oh there's like a seed generator with what you get with yeah. that stuff and oh, there's like certain cool. things that'll happen if you get a certain number like for example earlier in the game i got a call from the, the scientist and she was like ordering a pizza Huh. And not everybody okay. gets that because that's like one of those pulls you get with the number. Oh, that's she was crazy. Like, yeah, she was like, oh yeah, I wanted to uh, order a, a, a pizza. Uh, uh, I'll text you the what I want on it. And then it's like, your phone is too old for texts. <laughs> 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 but you know, I thought that was so cool. That makes me want to play this game over and over now. <laughs> right, because every time like I find something that I love about it and like hearing or like trying to like look up like watching like clips of it just to like refresh myself before I end up doing this. I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't get like that at all. That's crazy how this game like shifts and everything. And I see after playing through it, it's like the epiphany moment that I had like at the end of playing Bastion where I'm like, I get it now. Mm -hmm. I get the fandom behind this game. Maybe some of them take it I apologize, Undertale Subred, if you're listening. Some of them may have taken it a little too, like, extreme. But <laughs> overall, I'm like, I get why. I get why there's a fandom behind this game. Yeah, I do too. I do I now. Because I was, prior to jumping onto this sort of, this game, I was kind of like, wow, this game really is a big deal, I guess. I mean, I, I don't <laughs> know. But now I can see why. And it's like, yeah. it's crazy because you and Nick, but even though you're both doing a pacifist run, there are things that you're, that's, like we're still different. not seeing everything. Our yeah. playthroughs are still unique to us in some ways, which is what makes this game feel like personal to me in some ways. Just because mm-hmm. like this is my playthrough. Like yeah. even though I'm doing a route that's been played before, no one is there's comfort in knowing no one's probably had my exact game of Undertale. Yeah. Which is very fascinating for like a very small like one one man made this oh, like toby fox crazy but <laughs> toby fox but with, with like some of the art was handled like outside by like some other people but overall like the game design and the story were all handled by one person and that's just incredible to me mm-hmm. all right so uh we went i went back to undyne's house and uh papyrus is trying to make us uh, friends with uh, Undyne. And uh, my favorite bit here is when Papyrus uh, just is really awkward. He's trying to set up this conversation. He says, I have to use the bathroom, and then jumps out the window, Papyrus <laughs> style. <laughs> I didn't get that because I killed Undyne, so that's awesome. <laughs> and then, like, it, it, things are a little bit awkward, and then, like, uh, Papyrus comes back and challenges Undyne to be your friend, and she, like, accepts. And the, whole bit, the whole bit here. I think you had to do this too, Nick, to like uh, do the true pacifist route. Yeah, but uh, just it basically don't want to spoil like all, all the all the bits, just in case like if you're a listening listener and uh, want to experience uh, a lot of the pacifist stuff on your own. That's that's completely reasonable. But basically, it turns into like a cooking challenge where she's like up in the ante, like extreme cooking. It's very much like that SpongeBob episode where Sandy is really worried about going into hibernation. So she's like ramping up the extreme. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, we're going to play 
find the hay in a needle stack. I feel like Undyne <laughs> and Sandy would be like best friends. In they a both way. put the arm crunchers together. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Undyne will be like, this is, this is weak. <laughs> this is what you call arm crunchers? I'm barely getting crunched. <laughs> Basically, uh, as a result, uh, the house burns down. Ah! Oh. It, it, it escalates in a way, but there's some important bits here where Undyne specifically, like in my playthrough, I looked at, she gives a list of drinks and I look at tea. I was like, tea sounds nice. I was thinking my, my character would be like, oh, let's have some tea, be friends. And she says, that's the drink Asgore likes. You remind me a lot of him, actually, not wanting to fight anybody. And, uh, one thing she, like, pleads with you with during the scene is like, hey, whenever you see Asgore, talk to him. Try not to fight, talk to him if you can. So oh. that really frames going into, like, the final section for me, because that was the first thing I did. I was just like, okay, uh, just, I don't know if he wanted, I believe that the king is, even though he is the cause of, like, these, um, deaths and everything i feel like he was trying to do what he thought was we talked about like last time and how this game is all about perspectives and yeah. how if you play the game one way you're like looking at everything a different way versus another another way and just that thought of just being an em empathizing having a character be like you remind me a lot of asgore which if just being like an rpg you're going to like find like the main villain hearing like someone compare you to him is just like not off-putting, but it's like it fra it frames like the rest of the section for me. Yeah, no, I I didn't get that because I, you know, my killed situation her. was on nine was different. I <laughs> killed her, but yeah, you mur you murdered her and then had a glass of water. I <laughs> I did, and then I got another one, and then it evaporated, and that was sad. <laughs> oh, but no, but yeah, no. What you get? You get dehydrated. I know. I deserve. At least you it. can do. You know I who else bad. is dehydrated? All the people you killed. Probably everyone I murdered with with my hands. <laughs> but I mean, how how'd this section go for you, Nick? Was there anything I touched on that uh, went differently for you here? Uh, no, I I think walking away from this Undyne actually just becomes one of my favorite characters. Um, yeah, I agree. She's got the determination thing going for her. You can tell that she has kind of had this hard upbringing, but finds again like talking about perspectives. Uh, she, Asgore is a very important person in her life. He basically sets her on what she considers to be her path of like, you know, her destiny or whatever. Um, yeah, Asgore was her mentor. Like he trained her and everything, so she owes a lot to him in particular. Yeah, yeah. Go on. I'm sorry. That that's uh that's pretty much it. I mean, we got the the interesting back turn. Um, I think it's cool that it does the same thing where it kind of like puts you and Asgore on this same like level like kind of brings forth similarities between you and him um it's just kind of a shame now this is in the main game I kind of get the uh the second playthrough um kind of mixes up for me in my head but that's in the first playthrough uh yeah. but yeah yeah mm -hmm. and uh just the thought of like you start questioning being like told that you're like Asgore. You start questioning, would I have done the same thing in his situation? Like yeah. just that whole whole framing of it is really well done here. But then I go uh, past the laboratory here, and this is where you 
this is the most like gameplay heavy section up for a little bit before you get to the first um meeting with Metaton because uh the first meeting again with the second meeting I should say with Metaton the first for this section but like they're doing a lot of puzzles and I like the com I like the bit where everybody's commenting on there's so many puzzles here right like it's weird <laughs> yeah. that someone would just come and just put puzzles down what a weird security system a pirates <laughs> <laughs> And uh, there's even a bit later on where the uh, construction workers are in the hotel and they're saying, like, I don't know why they wanted us to build puzzles. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, it really goes into the fact, like, yeah, this is a typical, like, JRPG dungeon and it plays with the fact that, like, uh, who did design all those, like, weird traps and everything? Because this, yeah, like, this is just a path to get to the castle and it sucks. That's a fourth wall break. And like that that's is, what I mean. And then like, yeah. it's like the super fourth ball breaks. Oh yeah, it's especially crazy. to the end of this game. I want to say like save a lot of like the more of the fourth wall break discussion once we get to the end of the game because the end of the game is just one giant fourth wall break yeah. that like point that points a mirror at you and be like, this is how you play games. <laughs> Does it feel good? <laughs> uh, not anymore. <laughs> but then we get to probably my favorite. Uh, my one of my favorite Metaton sections, which I'm probably gonna say with every one of these Metaton sections because they're all comedy gold. Every single one of them had me <laughs> yeah. laughing hysterically. The first one's cooking with a killer robot. Yes, I love that. It, one. It's so good because uh, so you're basically on a cooking show from hell, and the robot's like, "We just need a human Sala," and he's like, "Oh, that's okay." And then uh, uh. Alphys calls and it's like, shouldn't you use a different ingredient? It's like, okay, we can use the substitute. And then like, I really like this whole like section here because the the gameplay change ups through a lot of it. Like, there's a spaceship shooter sequence here, and even like, even like the boss fights in combat are like constantly shifting play styles as well. Yeah, but here with the whole like spaceship shooting section, whenever you're um doing the cooking thing is a lot of fun so just just the medicine stuff always had me on my toes because i didn't know what i was going to expect gameplay wise i liked how after you were done climbing it's like the the, the send down was so short <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> that didn't even hit me until you said something i'm like oh right <laughs> it's like uh it's like an edgar wright movie where you don't catch all the jokes your first time yeah, because they're honestly. so rapid fire at you. Not in a way that's like exhausting, because for the most part, at least for me, they land. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I, speaking of gags that like pay off and everything, there was a funny gag with uh, Sans hot dog stand, where oh, yeah? earlier on, early on the game, uh, there are plants in home, uh, Toriel's house, that, uh. That are like long and stringy, and uh, your character will say, "I don't know what to call this." You can read a dictionary, and, and it gives you the proper name, but the nickname "water sausages." But when you look yeah. at them again, your character will go, "water sausages." And then I think because I did that, when I got uh, Sans's hot dogs, you bite into it and it says, "This is just a water sausage." <laughs> I always that, think like when the in that part of the game that they're talking about those like cattail things that people were biting into, and it like explodes a bunch of like seeds. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I always just mm. pictured that whenever I got to that. <laughs> but yeah, 
make make sure during the section to stock up on hot dogs because you will need them for the next like boss. Oh, coming up, Jeez Louise. All right, but we're not there yet. <laughs> I wrote down the I wrote down for some reason without context. School skeleton, cool skeleton ninety five. I can't remember what that's about. Cool I think it has to do with one of the Alphas calls. I think uh, she was like trying to talk to Cool Skeleton ninety five, and I think that was Papyrus or something. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a yeah. reference to to Papyrus's online persona. <laughs> she was talking about is like how, how he already has a troll who who makes a bunch of puns. That's obviously Sans. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alphys. Let's talk about Alphys real quick because uh, you were saying you absolutely hated Alphys last time. Absolutely Nick. hate Alphys. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm iffy because some I, of the jokes land. Yeah, yeah. Some of the jokes landed for me. Some of the jokes were just like hair pulling out. Mm-hmm. So the the best one I can think of that was both annoying and great was the timing puzzle where she's like, okay, I'm going to is the timing tricky here, so I'm going to tell you when to activate it, and then yeah. you do it and go one, two, and then you get the text three, and you fail the puzzle, and you're just like, this sucks, I hate this. So that joke, I don't hate as much because they immediately yeah. like turn off the lasers and you just go through. Uh, so it's, yeah. it's just about as like common as any other bit but it's just like the stuff where it's like every five seconds that you walk she's got a text or she's calling you or something and all the terrible all the jokes land it's just like i have an anime pillowcase you're like okay cool all right moving on yeah i (laughs) i agree of all like the main of all the major characters alphys is probably the weakest but that's not to take away from me from any of the other like major characters in this game because i think they're all yeah like very very strong Alphys yeah. is the one that I'm just like, the game doesn't exactly... I never feel like the game knows exactly what they want to do with Alphys, because, like, at least in the past with Ruth, they try to make her, like, a really tragic doctor character, but, like, over the main, like, course. Because she, she's a competent doctor. Like, a competent scientist, but over the time, she, like, doesn't know how to use, like, how phones work or something. I mean, I guess yeah. that's the bit, but overall, it just, like... I don't know. I think Alphys uh, is probably the weakest of the overall bunch. Like, I still kind of like Alphys, but overall, like, yeah. Whenever you're char- I like about her. Whenever you have characters like Papyrus and Sans and Undyne, she's just like obviously the weakest link in the chain for me. Honestly, I don't hate her by any means. I hate her. No redeeming qualities. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sells it. We're an anti-Alphys show now. Exactly. <laughs> no Alphys. You know, so, uh, I definitely get that. She, the phone, the the constant like texting every time you like every time you enter a new area, it was kind of annoying. And I was, I was prepared for that. You guys talked about that briefly, and I was prepared. So it was a little less bad because I knew to expect it. But that doesn't when, take away from the fact yeah. that it was still like, oh, why are we like same? At least the text box goes fast when you can hit when you can like. Thumb B and A real fast like a George go B A B A B A B A. It wasn't like no, it made like... you. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, oh, I was that was my point. Uh, I was just gonna say like the way that they could have made that from like the most annoying thing to the best bit in the game is just like halfway through it. If you can just go to your cell phone and unfriend her, that would be the best <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> yes, because she yeah, because you find out that she. There's even a bit where it's like, yeah, I must have added you on my account as a friend and not and, and forgot. <laughs> and then, like after that, you could have 
it would have been cool if you could have manually gone in and unfriended her. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, there's a royal guard fight that if you run it pacifist, it's hilarious because you try to get, you clean the second guy's armor, armor off to the point where he takes his shirt off and then the two royal guards fall in love and then leave. <laughs> that was yeah. pretty good. Uh, okay, I did let that happen. I did not kill them. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> I'm like, they're just doing their job. They, I mean, if a murderous, if a murderous six-year-old rolled up on their doorstep... <laughs> I'd probably be mad too. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do at that point. Exactly. Another great medicine bit here with the news show. And some of the crawl the crawls here are absolutely hilarious. Like the school has cancelled over re reactivated puzzles. It's <laughs> a great bit. And this bit revolves around like uh of deactivating bombs the music here is like just the typical medicine theme but with like a newsy flair to it i absolutely love this section you guys want to speak to this bit at all no 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 okay no okay <laughs> that's pretty much it um, i don't remember that one as well but it was pr i remember enjoying it <laughs> i i like the bombs like you you go to the first one it's like figure out the bomb and you the first one that you bring up is a, bo a bomb so i hit on that and then it zooms out and there's a bunch of stuff and it goes, they're all bombs! That was great. <laughs> and I liked that, def that just no phrase has made me happier in a long time than you you successfully diffused dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I do was... remember that, yes. <laughs> that was great. And then, then we get to the first like major boss fight of this section. I just want to say, gameplay-wise, I loved every single boss fight from here on out. Like, the second half of this game, it felt like the bosses were made in, like, order. In a way, I, I don't know what the order in which the boss fights were made, but it seems like for every single one, they just got better. And I might have just been getting better at the controls, but I felt like I was, like, dodging stuff a lot more efficiently than I was in the first half. Mm. But, yeah, we get to uh, the Spider Queen uh, Muffet. And yeah. she is mad that you did not buy her from her bake sale. She's going to kill right. you for it. I bought uh, a pastry or whatever out of the bake sale in the middle of the like the first part. And yeah, I don't I, understand why she fought me. I did, too, I because you didn't buy from the expensive one. Because she was That's like, me. buy from these. And then if you click on them, it goes, here's 99. Yeah, they're just like maxed out. <laughs> you can't get these. Yeah. She's mad. And uh, I think the length of your boss fight determines how much you bought from the spiders throughout the game. Oh, that makes so much sense. Because I only yeah. bought at the very beginning. And it was like mm -hmm. at the very end where she's like, wait. Oh, yeah. Sorry about the misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah, that's what she did, too. Because I don't. Could you attack her at all? I I can't remember. I, I think. I think I could. Okay. Because I want to say there was about like, I can't remember how many, but like 15 or 16, like. Uh, turns before it finally let me because it was a while yeah the only boss fight that spares you you don't you don't spare her she's the one who spares you because you're kind of trapped in the situation also the music here slaps yeah which i'm like gonna say a lot one of the best songs in the game i even like the bit where like during one of the things it says all the spiders are like snapping to the music <laughs> i was like i'm not even i died so much here but i wasn't even mad because i'm like i get to hear that boss theme again which yes. is so good. But uh, yeah, eventually you get to the point where she's just uh, like, oh, you bought, you, bought some, you bought some stuff. All right, sorry. 
We'll, we'll murder the next people who come here who didn't buy anything. <laughs> like, there's no alternate route to the castle from what I see, so people have to cross in that cave a lot, so... <laughs> you better be buying from some spiders. <laughs> you better be buying... Is it something that everybody in the Undertale world knows? Like, oh man, did you buy from the spiders this week? They're gonna bust me up. Like, there's a mafia. <laughs> the spiders are just a mob. businesses, like... Like a business, like uh, the uh, shop owner. Yeah, that's why. Like the shop for the um, um, hotel is like behind the back alley. They're like, we we don't want to encroach on the spiders' turf. We gotta do like this underground <laughs> deal. The spiders are gonna yeah. come and wreck our business. Being like, you're, you're taking business away from our bake sale. I liked the really depressed that? guy in the hotel who would sell things to you too. <laughs> I, I heard him out and I listened to his, his spiel and he's like, oh, thanks, little buddy. And every time like I came back to buy stuff from him, I was like, anytime, little buddy. It's just really he, awesome. Aww. It is. It was because he because he looks crazy because he kind of is. But like yeah. when you listen to him, he's like, oh, he, mm. it's it, it was kind of neat. It was a nice. There's so many nice interactions in this game. Like there is. That, that you wouldn't expect necessarily for them to put the effort into implementing. But Every they single... There. Usually JRPG conversations can get like the most like basic, but in this game I wanted to talk to everybody because everybody had yeah. like either you would get like a really funny bit or you would get like something compelling and heartwarming when like a lot of JRPGs is like uh did if you go to this town and talk to this person, they'll give you an item. And you're like, okay, I'll forget I'll log this away and forget it in an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, speaking of which, before we go to before we yeah. continue, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit. Do you guys okay. yeah, remember fine. earlier on, before we got to uh, the lab, there was a secret area I found called Timmy Village? Timmy Village? No, oh. I don't remember this. Oh. <laughs> Next time you play, look for Timmy Village. <laughs> I I will. <laughs> there are a bunch of people there named Timmy, and they live there. <laughs> and they're all just named the that, Timmy. <laughs> just the fact that there's an RPG town with everyone with the same name is, like, golden. Yep. All uh -huh. right, all right. Looking for Timmy town. Yeah, make note of that. That's it's all like, I'm going to say. I wonder if, because Breath of the Wild came out later, I wonder if Tari Town was something similar, was, like, inspiration from that, just because you had to find everybody with the last name Sun. Or like son in her name, like Johnson. Hmm. Everybody's name had to be son because like we need hard workers, and only hard workers have like the word son at the end of their name, like Jackson <laughs> or Grayson. They gotta find everybody with the name Son to build a town <laughs> in Breath of the Wild. But so it just I mean, reminded me of that in a way. Toby so. Fox and Nintendo have been a little friendlier lately, from what I've heard. Yeah, he has. He made a remix of Megalovania specifically for Smash Brothers because Samus yeah. is in. So we know Nintendo's fans. And he did music for Sword and Shield. Yes, he did. He yep. did a, a couple songs in there. I think uh, I can't remember which ones though, because I'm. Uh, but I'm. I'm I want to look now because hearing his music in Undertale. Oh, I I listened <laughs> to the soundtrack all the way through already. It's uh, so good. Um, so the next bit here is really good and made me just laugh out loud because I'm like, I can't believe they're doing this riff. But uh, there's an opera scene with uh, Metaton who's singing with a, med with a yes. midi, like, midi-ized voice with lyrics and everything. And this is a direct riff on Final Fantasy VI. It is? 
So in Final Fantasy VI, there's a bit where I never played the game, so I might be butchering this, but from Osmosis, there's a bit where you have to get an airship. And one of your party members looks like the opera actress who has the airship. So you kidnap the actress, and then one of your character, one of the characters in your party has to perform the opera. But the <laughs> lyrics in the opera connect to her story in such a way where it's actually a tragic song with what's going on in her current situation. Like she oh. in the opera, she's singing about like a love that was like lost and ever like. I believe you experienced that in like the game. It was like a really heartbreaking moment for her that she has to sing lyrics that relate to how she's feeling. And here is just a robot that's trying to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But uh-huh. it's, it, when so when I saw that, it just saw what they were doing. That was like the biggest laugh it got from me. I was like, oh my god, they're doing the Final Fantasy VI bit. It's gold. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like some of the lyrics, like line up too, and the. And I was like, look it up if you want to see, if you want to get sad for the day, look up the Final Fantasy VI opera scene, because even like the lighting and the fact that it starts out being sung on a castle is, Ooh. It's, it, it's beautiful. Like, I, I love that payoff there. And also during this bit, they finally pay off the tile puzzle. You thought you were safe from Papyrus's yeah. <laughs> puzzle nonsense. <laughs> it's like, oh crap, we did have to write that stuff down and remember it. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of. I tried to watch. I tried to watch if you could get to the end. I tried to find if someone could, but I couldn't find anybody who did. I tried to. I was like <laughs> trying to remember everything on the fly because it was like um, I think it was all true to what it said. Like uh, purple spares advance you forward, but they won't advance to like this type of square. And this square you can't pass because it's water. It's like what? <laughs> all I remember was that pink was safe. <laughs> Pink was safe, and I don't know if there was pink on that board. I don't know if it's random, really randomized, but geez, that was that was that was fun. I want I don't I want to know if that bit is actually randomized, like Papyrus said, and he just got a broken, like crappy version of that machine, or if like he luck really ran out for Papyrus. Like I wonder if that's included in like the seed at the beginning. I really want to do some research on that seed thing, just because I want to. I do too. I didn't get to do a lot, but like I. I... I was watching a couple of videos and I came across one that talked about that. And I was like, okay, I need to look into what all the things are so I can keep track of them if I find them in my next playthrough. But also, there's a part of me that doesn't want to be spoiled for some of them. Yeah, I want to read, I want to read a design doc. I, want to, I wonder if Toby Fox out there has like a design like spreadsheet for this game because I would just fawn over it and be like, mm. you, how did you do this? It, it's like, incredible. On your own, it's, it's like, fantastic. How- do we know how long it took him to make this game? Uh, I'm not exactly sure how long. Because but... it's so detailed in every way that it, it, it had to have been like... Oh, a here, we, here we go. I had the Wikipedia page up to remind myself of plot points. It was developed in 32 months? Whoa. Only only two... That's, is my math right? Two and a half years or so? That's nuts. Less oh in three years, one person made this. That's... That's it. Toby Fox. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Are you? Well, he is now. He's probably rolling in it. Hopefully, I hope. Making that Delta Rune money in a, <laughs> a free game. <laughs> You're gonna charge a dollar, buddy. Are you? <laughs> but you probably don't need it. You're probably breaking in that money. <laughs> I wonder, game, wonder how much Game Pass commissions get him because that's how I think me and Eric are playing the game at least. So. Hmm. 
I imagine some of our listeners here might be playing it on Game Pass for the first time. Hey. Hi, listener. Anyway, so uh, this is where you have you get to the hotel and... Or no, this is where you have the conversation with Sans. Sans invites you to lunch. And you have a pretty heavy conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. This was... Yeah, I remember this was kind of a tonal shift for... A little well, bit. And I imagine Sans this hurt you... Over the all over the place a bit, but this was when it was like more like oh, you know, we're fun time is over. Yeah, <laughs> like we had our fun with the killer robot, and now it's time to get real again. Mm-hmm. Just because um, you sit down and so I was right about the notebook that made me so happy. Yeah, when I found the notebook. So you get uh, yeah, shadowing that Sans does know Toriel in some sense. He basically just goes and talks to her through the door and they make jokes at each other and that's how they really I, bond. I didn't yeah. know they had never met and that like struck me in a way. So like she was writing these skeleton puns for someone who was just she never seen before. She was like right outside the door. Which Did makes she sense know now knowing <laughs> which makes sense knowing the whole story now. How why she wouldn't step out the door. I was wondering why I was like because at this bit, I was like, why didn't she just open the door and, like, talk to him or anything? But now, knowing what we know, it makes sense why she doesn't. Yeah. And uh, there's a bit where um tells you about the about Toriel, and uh, this is where I wonder, where I was like, if I killed Toriel, would he have fought me? Either here oh, or sometime man. down the line. Like, if I, if I was in the timeline where I killed Toriel, which was wiped because I reset, I reset my Xbox saving her <laughs> you're lucky um, i had the top of flowy to... it was not fun he was oh, very no. mean <laughs> he, he, he is mean oh boy let me tell you he, oh he i think you find out how mean he is we'll, we'll, we'll get into someone that. needs someone needs a bit of weed killer but <laughs> we're actually not because uh well jeez oh, um oh. so i was wondering i was like oh my god did, would i have to fight sans i don't want to fight sans no even though his boss fight theme that I saw is like the coolest theme ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, why would you lock it behind this track? Why would you lock the best song behind a tragic moment, Toby? How dare you? <laughs> I don't know. We get the uh, the flowy second fight song, which is just like some dude shredding on guitar for like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is quite nice. It is insane. <laughs> but, uh, he says a line that really stuck with me that was like, take care, kid, because someone really cares about you. So I believe he's talking about, again, uh, either he's talking about Toriel there or he's talking about himself. Like, he's like, I care about you, or at least someone does if you're finding your way home. So that line can be taken a lot of ways, but I thought it was really, really poignant. And why Sans might be, like, my second favorite character, because I don't think anyone can top Papyrus for me. Papyrus oh, is gold. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard for me. I don't know. I I might like Sans more, but it's hard. Papyrus is so they're they're close. Sans has a lot more depth than is led on in a way. Like mm-hmm. he's got a lot to him, especially that he knows about the whole leveling the the real secret behind the leveling system of this game. And he's like your yes. final check before you move on. Like a like a yeah. morality check, sorta. Sans is yeah. the dude that just messes around in the back rooms of Undertale. Yeah. yeah. And Flowey's the one who tells you in the beginning, like, oh, yeah, it's it's love. That's what that stands for. But And right away, you, we should have known that like there was something 
it, immediately you assume level when she's lying about love and everything, but it's actually when he's talking about that, it actually goes much darker than that. We we know it's like a play on a trope, especially with the whole friendship pellet thing to actually try to kill you. I should have yeah. been like the dot knowing there was like, oh, when I'm killing people, this level is not something I should be proud of at <laughs> all. <laughs> this is the opposite of a good time. <laughs> For all these people I'm murdering, but not me and Nick because we're good people. <laughs> I was about to say, unless you're Eric, and then you're just like, it makes the numbers go up. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I was I was kind of on that same train because because I, I had to when I when I like came to the decision. Yeah, I'm going to kill Undyne. I had to grind because I just was. Oh, oh yeah, I was, I was not <laughs> your, strong enough. Your murder level wasn't high enough. You had to kill. You had to. The trail of blood wasn't big enough to uh, alleviate the trouble of Undyne, so you had to make more murder happen. That was when I had my first that uh, no one showed up uh, moment in the game. I was like, oh god. <laughs> I think I think it's a funny bit continuing from the first part that no one knows what a human looks like. Yeah, because the shopkeepers <laughs> are like, we love Asgore. He wants to kill humans, and I'm like, I'm okay. Just oh, don't say okay. anything. Just smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So, I this is the worst note, because I didn't know if I would host this show. So I just wrote, a bunch of cool stuff happens here. <laughs> Good, thanks, Michael. Awesome. <laughs> so I'm really mad about that, but I think it's, be, yeah, it's about me leading up to the uh, Metaton uh, boss fight, because I think we're in the court. Yeah, we... We have to, the elevator's broken, so we have to find, like, the back ways of the court. Also, the hotel is owned by Metaton. Yeah, like, like everything in the game. Mm. Like, he's a capital, like, industry guy. He has all the items that people use and fights are his brand. He has a huge <laughs> right. cult following. Everybody loves Metaton. He, he, he has a monopoly on the news station. He has his own cooking show. He has an <laughs> opera that's very successful. He's a glam rock artist. He has a hotel. He's doing quite well for himself. I don't know many killer robots who like own an enterprise, but good on good on Metaton. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, the core stuff is uh, cool. It's another dungeon where you're trying to like solve puzzles, and mostly Alphys is hacking them to make them easier for you as you're progressing. Mm -hmm. You're doing some uh, um, random encounters here. Cool stuff, but then you get to the Metazon boss fight, and this boss fight rules. I, I, I love, <laughs> I love this fight so much. Like, um, he immediately turns into like a glam rock star, and the song again rips like every other boss theme in this game, where there's a lot of more emphasis on playing like a spaceship shooter with a bullet hell. So I really, I really enjoyed that because I like that style of uh, gameplay and it was a lot easier to wrap my head around the moving the heart when it was like a ship that had to fire it was around this time I figured out where um, that if I I need to like look at the projectiles coming at me versus looking at the uh, heart in the middle and I'll be able to dodge them faster like look at what's coming versus not like what's at me yeah you get yeah. that like guitar hero kind of highway thing going yeah I tried to play. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't mention this at the top, but I tried to play Cuphead after playing this, and that was kind of a mistake because Cuphead is uh, <laughs> a lot harder than this game. Let me tell you, I thought oh, it was like yeah. Undertale put me for a walk, and then Cuphead I was like Cuphead three years ago. <laughs> it was 
it was uh, a combination of playing this game and then seeing like a TikTok of it and go, I like Cuphead. That's a really fun, jaunty game. I never finished it. And then re- being reminded real quick, oh, oh no, no. <laughs> you remembered why you didn't finish it. I remember why. I I could if I gave it the time, but it never. nothing makes my blood boil like a good round of Cuphead. It's an amazing game, but this is uh-huh. not Cuphead. This is Undertale. So we're going to move on from that. So that boss was cool. John, did you kill Metaton or did you let his batteries run out? I let his batteries run out. Okay. So it I... sounds like you're being a lot less aggressive during this section, especially. <laughs> yeah. I, I started to, because tr- I knew I'd already screwed up when I killed in the beginning and then when I killed yeah. Undyne, but it's like, I didn't want to kill Metaton because I thought it was a really cool boss. And <laughs> I, Unfortunately, my damage was done. But I, I, you know, I stand. I stand by that decision. I'm glad I didn't kill Metaton. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, he runs out of batteries, and Alphys runs up and is like grateful that you saved like Metaton because she's like, he's really not that bad. He just wants to kill humans, and you're like, all right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's weird. Like Metaton lies to you, right? Because he's like, Alphys is actually trying to kill you, and. Oh, no, so he's actually just, like, straight up with you. He's like, hey, all this was just a facade. She made me and said that I tried to kill you so that she could be a hero and save you because she's obsessed with you, but I'm flipping that on on its head, and I'm going to kill you now. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, right. That's exactly right. And uh, it makes you wonder going in. I was like, is is Alf really setting this whole thing up because she doesn't want me? To leave, and then you find out why. Because apparently, if you leave, you if you leave, you have to. Kill. It, it, it's I might be shaking up. You might know better than I, Nick, about how the whole like either you have to kill, or if you don't kill, you'll be killed by Azagor if you keep up your current route. Yeah. So basically, it's just like she's trying to keep you from leaving the core and kind of turning back, so that like that's where you get your your hard realization, I guess, that, like, you you will have to murder Asgore and destroy the hopes and dreams of everybody living in this city yeah. and in this realm. Or you have to make, like, the most selfless action and just let yourself die uh, so that he can obtain all the souls. So it's yeah, just, like, kind of kid clothes are off at this point. Yeah, but then at that point, he'll open the portal and kill all the humans. So it right, won't really exactly. be a selfless act. So it's like a... It makes you question your moral decision and make you wonder, like, am I going to actually kill this dude or am I going to uh, the way? But Undyne's words were like, no, if you just talk to him, he'll eventually see your way because he's so much like you in that regard. Which is so, ironic because that you you can't do that in that fight. Can't, oh, no, he does yeah, not. No. He's not, not, a, not a talker that Asgore turns nope. out. <laughs> he was very polite. <laughs> yeah. About how you're did you have an essay portion in the Metaton fight? And how did that go? The essay por- oh, yeah. So I asked, at least for the first few times, I don't remember it for the like later bits, but he offered, he asked me a few times, it was like, what, what's your favorite thing about me? And I always said like either a mixture of like your pizzazz or um, like your showmanship. And that one got me a big rating score because the way to end the fight is to, rally the crowd up to get your ratings high it's not necessarily about like killing him it's about like working the crowd like if you taunt him and dodge his attacks you'll get a big ratings boost but you'll get a ratings hit if you taunt him and then get hit 
So yeah. So on PC, there's literally just in I guess instead of that, you're just typing out an essay, and then there's like <laughs> if you put beautiful or metaton, it gives you like extra points, so you can basically mm-hmm. just front load your fight and get like two thousand points or whatever in that one part. Oh, that's cool. Because on console, it, it you just get like a text screen. And you can type. It was like, please type. What is just one question? It's like, what do you think about Asgore? What's your favorite thing about As? <laughs> uh, not Asgore. What's your favorite thing about Metaton? So you just write one. I wrote like one sentence, and I got points for uh, length. So I think it, it's cool that it accounts for it on console. I, I wonder if on Switch, when you can like type on the touch screen, if that would make it um, easier to like write out the essay versus like on a controller on Xbox. It's probably like, hey, you, you typed the sentence. Good job. Here you go. <laughs> the funniest part about that is if you use profanity in your essay, you get less points. It takes your points away. <laughs> He's like, we're trying to uphold a nice family rating here. <laughs> the FCC is going to find me. I don't want that. <laughs> I'm running a business here. Do you imagine I'll, what I'll do with a fine? It would kill me. It will cripple my business, human. You ruined me. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Now comes the really heavy portion. So, you arrive at you arrive at other home. We've seen home, and we know the other home is called other home because the king is bad at names. So this is other yeah. home. Yeah, <laughs> and it looks exact. Hauntingness of it looking exactly like Toriel's home really got to me here. Yeah, I was almost I was like, like, "Is Toriel gonna be here?" <laughs> I didn't. I didn't connect. I didn't connect the dots that mm-hmm. she was the queen. Yeah. It just didn't occur to me in that moment. It wasn't until like the reveal where I was like, oh, it was the look, moment I saw him. And I was like, okay. Yes. So much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't for the real. I wasn't thinking about that. It was just like, oh, they look similar. Whatever. Let's fight. Because that was when they give you like a huge, uh, for lack of better words, lore dump about. Yes. So did you, I was wondering, I was going to ask you this. Did you get all of the pieces here? Because the, the, Enemies that the former enemies that reveal a lore dump here were all like random encounter enemies. So I wonder if you killed them, if you wouldn't be missing a piece of the puzzle here, or did oh, you yeah. feel like you got everything? I think I got everything. I actually wrote some of it down. Uh, I, I did too. So let's go over the whole thing. So Azriel, uh, there was a human that fell in the ruins before, uh, a, a human supposedly fell into the ruins. You assume at this point that it was before you, yes. And uh, Azriel cares for the sick human, but it died in his arms. And he was blamed and attacked by humans because he went to the surface to um, turn the human on and laid her or him on a bed of flowers. Yes, the bed of flowers. And, and that's where the humans attacked. And it's implied that that is the kickstart to monsters hunting down and killing all the he- the humans killing all the monsters is that right or yeah was that so just one factor yeah. nah so Azrael, th- this is after they've been sealed away underground uh so there is still that point of contention but oh, Azrael okay, is asgore's son or daughter yeah. i guess child yeah because um, it says he, he breaks the seal to get to get mm-hmm. he uses the human soul to get out to to save the human that's what yeah, it right is. so he uh, one sorry he can use one soul to get out but in order to free all the monsters it has to be seven souls. Right. Is that yeah. right? Okay. So basically you get this uh, 
little lore dump that you were raised essentially, or not you, but the the first child to fall in the hole uh, is raised alongside Azrael as the king and queen's son and daughter. Um, that child dies, and then Azrael brings them to the human world because they say they want to see the flowers one last time. And right. oh, humanity oh. being as terrible as it is, I guess, I assume that Azrael killed the first child. And then in turn, they kill him, and he doesn't fight back. They just kill him. Yeah, yeah he didn't. Yeah, he absorbed the power. So, and but the because the thing is, Asriel looked like a monster because when the child died, it absorbed the soul. So we got much more absorbing the soul made him much more powerful. So he right. was like a hulking beast compared to the humans. So that's what. And he, he didn't fight back, and he, he turned the dust, meaning, like, his soul was completely wiped. Like, there's right. no more Azrael. Yeah, he... It it's said completely he, like, shattered. He crawled back or home, so you though, think. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> Ask this route. <laughs> oh. But there's also, like, a really bit, good bit that made me sigh here, too, is, like, I went to... I explored the whole house because I wanted to see, and everything is the same. Like, all the dialogue mm-hmm. options for when you touch things is even the same, too, which makes you question, am I back to where I began? Mm-hmm. Until you realize that this is other home. Yeah, but, that's why I was like, is Torio gonna be here? Because it felt so similar. <laughs> yeah, um, they have cool analogs where uh, if you go to where you would sleep in home, uh, you have the gifts, which are specific to your run, basically. So if you haven't killed anybody, you get um, like a toy knife. And if you are running a genocide route, you get a real knife. Um, oh, and then in I the got far a real, left. Oh, yeah, I got a toy knife and I got a um, locket, I think, that gave me bonus defense. Yeah, I think if you are running like a passive route, they give you a better defense item than an offense item. That makes um, sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you go into the kitchen, you see that there are just a bunch of uh, crumpled up cinnamon or butterscotch pie recipes because yep. as course feeling the oh feeling the yep loneliness yep oh, he was trying and to make his, his wife's recipe what got me was a uh mirror that you look at and it says despite everything it's still you yeah and i don't know why i don't know if it was despite everything it's still you i didn't know if like you took it as kind of cheeky but i took that as like a that hit me hard in yeah. a way like no matter all the struggle you've gone through, all the pain that you saw, like at this point, you're still you at the end of it. And that, mm-hmm. oh, geez, that, that, that hurt, that hurt, man. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that single line got me more than they have been intended. I don't know, but. So you, we get to the throne room. Here. Yeah, and this is where and we meet Sans again. This is where I meet. This is where I meet Sans again, and this is where you get the dump of uh, execution points and uh, the level of violence. And it's basically a check here. So, what was your? Do you remember your level and your experience going into this, John? I can't remember the exact level. I know it was over ten. <laughs> that seems it, high. It, it, yeah, it, but it was not over fifteen. Uh, was it I, over okay, hmm. like is it over fifteen? Like the the point where Sans is like, no, nah, you have to die now, <laughs> or is uh, that only in a genocide route where you have to fight Sans here? I don't actually know. 
I think oh, it might awesome. be a genocide route. Gotcha. I might have just missed the mark. Might not attack you with papyrus is alive for sure. Like he made me feel awful though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he said some. Th- I cannot. I was scared. Even though I was like, I don't think I killed anybody. It was wrapping through my head. I was like, it was like the yeah. You get that like for- little yeah. bit of. Uh... <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> he was like, "You killed uh-huh. when you felt like it, but you still killed." And you... it's like the um, it's a better version of the river in Metal Gear Solid Three, with right. uh, the fight yeah. with the pain, where you are walking through a river and you see all of the ghosts of the men you killed. And I was doing a safe. I was doing a solo, uh, not kill playthrough. So my river was empty. Well, Except for one person. Empty. <laughs> it, it, that was an alternate timeline. Oh, geez, yeah. I'm still mad about that. Ask Flowey if that matters. Ask, ask, <laughs> he was the main. He's the main. He's. Mm. But it's Ocelot. <laughs> Whatever. Jeez. All right. So. Yeah, I was like questioning this bit going, oh no, did I kill anybody? I thought like. Maybe the game was like faking me out with when I I was worried that like when I reset, Flowey was faking me out, thinking I was safe, and then Sans would be like, "Nah." <laughs> yeah, at that point, <laughs> I was wondering if I had killed Flowey or not. I was like, "Oh shit, did I kill Flowey?" <laughs> time for me- <laughs> time for megalomania. <laughs> megalomania. <laughs> when the megalomania kicks in. Ah! And, yeah, and this is when but you also, get yeah, <laughs> and also ah, <laughs> and and this is the part of the game where you're actually, I don't know, maybe you're told earlier, but this is when Sans is like explicitly like yeah, exp is execution points, yeah, and love. love is level of violence, and I was like, oh, okay, that's mm. what that means. So, so L of, <laughs> LV, you're like, oh, it does mean love, level of violence. oh, mm, mm. oh. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I should have done a pacifist run. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad uh, someone had someone had to be a cold-blooded killer. Yeah, no, I'm glad I got a different I'm result. Glad, I'm, experience. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're a murderer, John. Yeah, me too. It was, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is where you get... Uh, this is where I wrote down, if I die, humanity dies, but if I kill Asgore, the monsters remain trapped. So it was a lose-lose situation. There's no good choice here. Yeah. But... So one thing I did before I went to like the um, chamber here to like go forward, um, the the throne room. If you go, if you did you did any of you guys continue right and go down the stairs? Yeah, it's where all the uh, the coffins are, except for and it, oh yeah, you got the yeah. empty one. I did the empty one with your name on it, supposedly yeah. your name. <laughs> oh yep. Oh, uh, it's man. So just how how does a game that can like make me laugh over funny skeletons just hit me with a gut punch? Well, several moments of this thing, and I was like, oh man! So he just the fact that like he he he's already know he already knows my name. It's already laid out like a coffin at this mm-hmm. at at this point. That's what I'm thinking. So we go to the throne and. uh he, he he just starts off the conversation the way I always like to bring conversations. Uh, I remember the day after my son died. <laughs> uh, you know, just normal stuff. Just yeah, laying it on here. Nothing too heavy. 
So he became mad with the power of stealing souls, and his wife left disgusted with his actions, and that's, that was the bit where it connected the dots and went, oh, Toriel, that's why she's so protective of humans, because she was upset that her husband was like, hear me out, hear me out. We just need to kill some kids. I know, I know, I don't like it. Only I don't, seven. I don't Only like seven. it either. I don't like it either. But hear me out. It's gonna save all of us. Gonna come back. Yeah, we'll make some. We'll make some butterscotch muffins. Does that sound fun? Uh. <laughs> Toria was not having that. She was not having that. If if you, ladies, if your husband says I want to murder some kids, that's a red flag. You should uh, build a. You should build a different house, uh, identical to your first one. I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> move move approximately a six hour walk away, and uh, build the exact same house. And uh, anyone who comes, just be like, yeah, my husband's kind of a jerk. Murder. And also be like, you live here now. <laughs> also, you live here now. That's the important bit. You, Yeah, welcome to my humble abode. Uh, you live here now and can't leave. Who wants muffins? <laughs> or pie. Pie, not muffins. Well, maybe muffins, too. But muffins could have been in the cars. If, I if do someone, like... Sorry. So If someone makes pie, they're probably good at muffins, too. Yeah, That's exactly. Probably an, probably an assumption, but... What is a pie but a big muffin? I uh, you think about cake. <laughs> True. <laughs> but, but no, uh, it, it, it was this part, this part of the game. <laughs> I don't know why that was the bit that broke me, but okay. <laughs> there was a All part right. of the. Uh, there's early on in the game when you're in the original house, when you're interacting with all the stuff in the room. There's a shoe bin, and it's like there are shoes of varying sizes, and it's like that's a throwaway line. But then you could put a story together of like, oh, these might be the shoes that belong to some of the children that fell before nope. you. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> that's weird. Why there's she- one? No, I just want to kill him. That's just weird, dude. Him <laughs> <laughs> with their shoes on. What are you doing? Ooh. Um. So. I wrote down, oh no, friendship. Oh, I didn't write down anything in this boss fight because I was so enamored with it, but he straight up says, no, 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 you can't talk to me because he straight up uses his trident and destroys the the mercy Mercy bar. Yeah, it's like, oh. I still tried to talk to him anyway for the first few times, and I'll admit this is the one time I had to look up going, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, I did that as well. I was just like, bro. I I was like, what, am I, I doing something? And it was like, oh, no, you have to whittle his health down. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's the thing that you thought you had to do with Toriel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you actually yeah. had to do in this fight. Which I think is intentional. Yeah. <laughs> it could be. It had, yeah. it had to be. Because that's what I thought I had to do. I was like, I just got to whittle her down the proof. I can, I'm capable of myself. And then, nope, you stab her. <laughs> go, oh, no, this is bad. Um, So you get to the point where you're... And I don't know if this conversation played out the same with you, probably because if you lo- if you were able to lower him, it was probably like, okay, you're. This is where you have the option. Do you have the option here to like murder or spare here, or is this? Or, I can't remember. Or does Flowey just come and like kill him with friendship pellets at this time? I think I had the option to spare because it, okay. he like started talking to me. He was like, "That's right, yeah." He was like, uh, "We we'll take you know what? Maybe you're right. We can." He could take. He started to say something, and then from behind, Flowey does his deed. Friendship pellets. And then, like my heart Doom. sank. My heart for a moment, my heart sank. I was like, no. Right. That, of and all the I, death. <laughs> well, 
of all like the potential deaths in this game, Sans would have hurt the most. Asgore was like, "What? Oh, I yeah. was just coming through to him." It was like more frustrating. It was so which sad. Made you... Then so... Flowey says the same. At least when Flowey appears, because Flowey reveals itself to be like the dark entity of this game, like behind the scenes. Even though we kind of knew that mm-hmm. already, it's that like, was like a looming. We're figure. reminded. <laughs> we're reminded about Flowey, but um. A bit here where Flowey straight up says, I don't know what he said to you, John, but he said to me, like, remember, it's kill or be killed. Because that's what he says when on the pacifist route. Yeah, I think going he said through, that like, too. Okay. Just because I, I didn't know if it was, because it was a callback to, like, when I come out, he's like, it's a kill or be killed world, and you can't just sit on your high horse or something like that. He didn't say that. He did okay. say it's kill or be killed world. Well, he said that at the beginning beginning for me but i think the dialogue here was probably similar at that mm-hmm. point Jeez, write more dialogue toby what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah you're 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 really detailed games not detailed enough you're slack you're slacking here <laughs> <laughs> um this is awesome this bit here was what i was talking about when i say i love it when games like trick you into thinking the game is like broken yeah and any game that reminds me of my favorite game of all time one of my favorite games of all time near automata is yeah i guess high points because that game also plays with the expectation of what a game can potentially be and playing with save files and stuff i'll touch more on that later on but it kicks you back to the title screen and you think what happened Mm. like a hard crash (laughs) yeah a hard crash even it makes you sign on Xbox. It makes you sign in again. It makes you sign in on your profile. <laughs> oh, that's oh. That's... <laughs> like you go. Would you like to sign in? Which like it literally boots you to the main menu screen, oh and then God. you hit the continue button. It says Flowey level nine 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 XP nine 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 nine. Did you get the little stats. opening? Did you get the little opening when you start yes. the game? And it's like long it's ago. The with the music, and then it like glitches out. They all then they all disappeared without a trace. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like oh, it's oh so god, good. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It Ugh. oh man, I I love this bit to pieces. It's amazing, and uh, so then you get Flowey's like boss fight here, which is easily the most. It's the most frustrating fight, but it has to be. Yes. Because the checkpoints here are more generous than it ever has been. Because he's literally creating safe states. Yes. And will reload safe states to put you in a worse situation than you were. So we can hit <laughs> you over again. It's mm-hmm. wonderful. The fact that like he is... Can, can, like, if he's the master of the universe, it makes sense that he has control over the game. He controls the save file. He controls the universe itself. He can reset it on a whim. He's... Mm-hmm. He's got all the cards in his hand, and you are nothing to him. He did what he wanted to do. He literally became a god. He became a god, which is very much a JRPG trope, too. Like, this game plays a lot on, like, JRPG tropes and everything. But this is the most part where it feels most like the old-school Final Fantasy game, where the main villain literally becomes a god or is descended from a fallen god, and you have to kill them. Ugh. Like, Persona 5... Uh, does even does that in a way like even a game about doing cool heists in people's minds can't escape? We gotta fight it. We gotta fight a corrupted god. That's just how it goes. <laughs> but I, I missed that that flowy fight. It was <sighs> scary. Yeah, I, 
I like the, how it's silhouetted at first. It's like, oh wow, Flowey's big. Oh, Flowey's really big. And then like he he his face appears on the screen and he laughs. And as he's laughing, it oh, shows who he is. It's like ah! I like audibly was it's, like my jaw was dropped. It's so different than anything else in this game for good reason. It's very much photorealistic. It's like one of those cut. It's like cut cut out pieces of like magazine. Yeah, very unsettling with the style. And it was I so touch cool. On, yeah, the. All the bosses in this back half versus the first half, like all the bosses were like po like even like the papyrus fight, he was just like mostly a pose figure that would like animate his eyes. But all yeah. the boss fights here were so well animated. Like the spider boss was like moving like her arms with like the tea is like pouring tea as she's like fighting you. This is insane. Like That's where the, the two and a half years went. <laughs> yeah. The animation for those bosses, especially uh the flowey fight, which the animation is so good here it's crazy and you're freeing the souls of the other children that were killed mm -hmm. here and that's a checkpoint basically with each one it's like each one each one is a checkpoint which creates oh, I a was just like crossing my fingers hoping that i didn't die oh really oh my <laughs> oh, god yeah, you, how did you complete this without dying or oh. I, so i thought it was like rubber banding i kind of thought that like oh. it was hitting you for less damage the longer that you got into the fight did you die during this yeah yeah oh, in wow. the beginning, i'm not even trying to be really like hard. oh i'm a pro gamer but it's just like because <laughs> <laughs> some of the stuff like at the beginning i was overwhelmed with so much going on i was like how do i yeah. dodge the how do i dodge the fire okay the locusts are a bit weird in their the lasers pattern. oh yeah. the lasers are here oh he has a big mouth laser that's a problem <laughs> Yeah, I died a lot more in the beginning. Once I got kind of the flow of it, you get you get into the groove. It's the controller thing thing for me, like pulling it up, just like getting yeah. really invested in it, just mm -hmm. staring at every little thing going on. That was, and that was how I realized each heart was like a checkpoint because yeah, I didn't same. have to go back as far each time. But even then, he'll like reload. He'll play with like your saves too, and like reload saves to get you hit and stuff. Mm -hmm. That stuff was cool, and it reminded me a lot of. Uh, for some reason, I wrote down Dormammu. I've come to bargain. Yes, <laughs> from Doctor Strange. Just <laughs> because, a good like, analogy. He's reload every time you die. He's like reloading your save over and over again. And he literally says, like, um, you can. He's like, I just want to reset this forever because killing you is so much fun, which is ah, so good. Ooh. This is a great final boss in terms of like he represents. It represents the game like itself and all of the choices that you can make come together because no matter what path you choose i imagine all collides at flowey and regardless of what path you choose i imagine you want to you want to end this flower just the same yes i don't know how anyone would hit mercy i did after yeah, that. i did too oh, I get, a, we yeah, had to commit yeah, at that point yeah at, oh. yeah at that point so um, I had to kill him after that. I was like, my, my run's already botched. I'm just going to kill him. Yeah, if I wasn't, like, even if I had played this straight, true pacifist, uh, if I was just playing this for the first time, I definitely would have just killed him. Like, mm -hmm. that's how I feel about it. But uh, exactly. the only reason I did it is just so I could get, you know, I didn't want it to mess up, like, running through the true pacifist. Yeah, I wanted to see, I wanted to see what the true pacifist run was about to, because he would have said, I'll kill you. And then you hit mercy. I'll kill your family. I'll kill everyone you ever loved. He's like, what are you doing? You have to hit it like 10 times because why are you still doing this? Why are you being nice? And then why are you being nice to me? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, 
Damn. And then he, like, you have to keep hitting it because I think he's like, stop it, stop it, stop it. Oh my god. <laughs> it's... So, and he, like, he straight up refuses it, but then... Uh... Walk me through your ending, John. What happened? Because this is the end of the game for you, right? Yes. Um, right, walk me through how this whole thing, like, ended. Uh, it, it was overwhelming. Uh, all I remember really was after I did the deed and I decided to kill Flowey. Kill the plant. I did it. And he was like, well, you're, you're a killer. And that's what you, he, he mocked me essentially. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> it didn't feel good. It didn't. And it was like, oh, and then I think it pretty much ended with that. Like there was like some more like mocking dialogue from Flowey, but that was pretty much it. I There's think. an epilogue here with the characters who are alive who befriended oh, you. Yeah, there was. I, I did have Sans and I had um Papyrus. And they were the only ones were they the only ones who like talked? They were I didn't I mean I, I don't know why Alphys wasn't there, but she should have been. I I felt like because like I don't know. I wrote, Sans, I wrote down oh, I wrote down everybody who appeared. Yeah. I think oh. it was only the characters who you could have killed up here. Sans tells me something that was kind of heartbreaking. He he was like, yeah, so after Asgore died, um, basically Toriel tried to take over as the queen, and she tried to say that this would be a place where all humans could who come down here can live, but the people didn't like that because a human... We thought a, they thought a human killed our king, so they overthrew Toriel, and she pretty oh, much... Shit. Yeah, oh, no. They oh, overthrew geez. her. And she was okay though because she conceded, and and so he said. But everything's pretty much anarchy down here now. It's all awful, and and but Papyrus and Sans come and visit Toriel every day, and we 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 share jokes and pie, it, and it was like, oh, like it was, that part was sweet because it was like Sans and Papyrus and Toriel were like they stuck together amidst the yeah. chaos of of what was happening after the there was no longer a king, the whole world was chaos down there because mm -hmm. the king's gone they they think a human killed him and the queen's like yeah let's not kill humans and they're like what and so they go crazy oh that's, that's sad. That, that hurts <laughs> it really made me it oh i remember that being like where i have to play this game again i don't want this ending again no <laughs> Oh. And that's that's the neutral route. That's, that's one of them. There are apparently more. <laughs> oh man, these. <laughs> I got a bad one though because there were that's... some where like. But you were level ten. You had a level ten violence rating. <laughs> that's true, but there were there were some neutral endings that I like looked people up. People were like, "You're defending the person who murdered a lot of people." I'd be mad too. <laughs> like, who elected her? She killed people. She yeah. She, she's an enabler. Yeah, that's. <laughs> It makes sense when you when you look at it like it from that perspective, but it didn't. That was the they're only a, heartwarming. They're in a part dark place, that. right? They're like they're in a dark place right now, but eventually the rights will turn and they'll be like France, right? Right? The underworld will be like the. That's exactly what happened with them, right? Uh, <laughs> exactly, mur murder flower and everything. I may have skipped that portion of the French Revolution chapter. Sans was like Sans and uh, Papyrus was like, "Who are you talking to?" <laughs> and Sans was like, "Don't was worry great. about it." That was He's great. Like, Tell him I said hi. He's like, Papyrus says hi. <laughs> so is Papyrus the captain of the Royal Guard on yes. yours then? Okay, so. Yes. 
Okay. I think so. I think he became the captain because I mean they kind of had to promote somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <Ron died. laughs> I, I think so. I, I honestly I could be getting them jumbled because I did watch a couple other neutral run outcomes. Oh, okay, just, gotcha, gotcha. Just so I, but I do know for a fact that that that's what happened in mine was that Toriel tried to become the queen, but she was that's, overthrown. That's the big. That's the big takeaway. Yeah, and that Papyrus yeah. and Sands visited her every every day, and they were like friends. Well, okay. On ours, I think mine and Nick's will basically be the same. Let me know if something changes. But I'm gonna run down the list. So the queen is now ruling the underground. Toriel is the leader, and everyone seems happy. All humans are friends, I believe, is the the tagline she was like promoting. And yep. the human souls, the human souls that you freed disappeared. They vanished, so they can't use them to open the underground. Oh, and. Nobody, nobody. Can I talk to them too? <laughs> I wrote that bit down for Papyrus. <laughs> I guess that was great. Papyrus is now the captain of the loyal guard, and he's the leader because he's the only one left. The royal guard was abolished because he didn't need him anymore. But Papyrus <laughs> wanted to be the leader of the royal guard because he's the only one left. And they knew that Papyrus wouldn't <laughs> cause the harm. So he finally. <laughs> I think that's the bit where I was like, "He's my favorite." <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. They are all working together to find a way out. They even say, "Like, hey, we're all we're." We're trying to find an alternative way to break the seal and return to the world because we don't want to kill people anymore because that's bad. You taught us that killing's bad, so oh. we'll find a way out. Don't worry. Is basically the there, um, and oh, and uh, they're talking. They they do a jab at uh, was it Toriel Toriel or somebody or uh, uh, Alphys because there's the line we have the mercy to spare you from her, which is good. And uh, Undyne is teaching Papyrus now, like, full-time how to cook. And I think that's what the Royal oh. Guard is for now. They're for cooking and not actual um, <laughs> fighting. I think it's been refocused into, like, a kitchen culinary team. Which spaghetti he's Wars. Member of. <laughs> yeah, Spaghetti <laughs> Wars. I'd watch that. <laughs> a spaghetti-themed reality show starring skeletons? Let's go. Yes. <laughs> now it's time to reload our save because we're doing the pacifist route so listener if you have not played the pacifist route and want don't want to be spoiled uh give us a pause here and should i uh, duck out for this come back if you if you want you can mute us and i will send a message to the chat that we're not talking about spoilers anymore uh just mute us because i don't know how if how the chat will uh be I think um, I can do it. I think yeah. I can mute. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah. will. Can you can you see me on your screen? I'll give you a thumbs up once yeah. we're done. I'll give a thumbs up once we're done talking spoilers. For you listening at home, you cannot see my thumbs up. I will put a time code whenever we're done talking spoilers with this section. Yeah. For the pacifist route. All right. Sweet. All right. Okay, John is muted. All right. So, ooh, there's a lot here. Yeah. So, we go and talk to uh, Undyne and uh, Papyrus, and they give us a letter to go to take to Alphys. And uh, this is where the, the, the second date happens, but with Alphys instead, and this whole bit is pretty good. 
Yeah, I mean, feeling how I feel about Alphys, I actually hated this part too, but... (laughs) (laughs) This bit was redeemed by one thing, and that was um, Papyrus wearing a jersey that said Jog Boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. It's got to be on Etsy. I got to I gotta look that up. Yeah. At the same time, people will be like, oh, he's... <laughs> what, what is that? That's something <laughs> I, I, I want it, but I'll never leave the house with it because I feel like I would have to explain it. Like, Jog Boy? Like... Yeah, that's like a, you got to, in true papyrus or papyrus fashion, you got to uh, you got to make you, it yourself. You got to... Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. Like, rip a, rip a t-shirt, take out a shirt. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So we go and Alphys confesses her love for Undyne here, and uh, you know Alphys was working for the king to find a way to break the soul barrier. So, so this is happening. The timeline here is a little weird because you're reloading your safe. Is this right. happening after supposedly timeline wise after the main story here? Like once you start that path, is it happening after you do all that stuff, or is um, it happening? At the point you would be at in the the story at this time when you reload your safe. I mean, I, so I don't know officially, but I, this is something I see um, happening. You when you walk into the the courtroom of the uh, the final battle, and the guy's just like, you know, he, he's kind of kicking the can down the road. He doesn't want to fight you, uh, and he's just kind of giving you like three different options to be like, hey, man. Uh, if you got anything else to do, just go ahead and go ahead and take care of that. Like that's where this kind of exists in my mind. I, oh, th- th- those horns were on my end. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, and this is after this. There's this whole. Th- this is where the the big lore dump happens in this game with the yeah, kind of facility. I feel like this is like where all you're kind of on this one line and then this is where it just opens up to like a million different timelines is how i feel yeah exactly it's to the point where i don't know between the two of us i think we can figure this out but there's so much here that i don't know if i can i've had my head wrapped around it all yeah i mean between us playing through the game and that like four hour rabbit hole i went through after i beat this game the first time i think we could probably piece a lot of this together all right, so yeah, let's let's walk through it. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we um, so this is where we find out that Alphys was working for the king to find a way to break the soul barrier, and they have to use the souls of monsters. But we were told they didn't have souls. What? Because that was the whole thing. But we find out later is at the waterfall where like monsters don't have souls, but it turns out that their soul they have souls in their bodies. Right, so disappears after they're killed. Monster souls, or monsters have souls, but they're not as strong as human souls. And human souls can persist after death, and monster souls disappear after death, basically. Because humans have something that the monsters don't, and that is determination. Determination. That that payoff there was really good. Yeah. That whole thing. And you watch the tape. This is what got me. You watch tapes, and Alphys, you feel like, has been recording you from the beginning before you were born. But this is where you find out, well, you don't, we find out until later because it's your character name. So for me, it was like Penny. But my, but there's a reveal later that your character's name isn't actually Penny, it's Frisk. Right. Because Penny was the name of the child that fell down the pit the first time. 
which was a great reveal, but at the same time, I was like, then why did everybody call me Penny? I, I don't know. I feel like there would be some stuff I would work out there uh, plotline-wise, but overall, I liked the twist. Maybe it just needed... It didn't... It landed for me, but at the same time, I felt like it could have been... It could have... That point could have been made stronger. Yeah. So, to go too in-depth, but basically, you... If you play a genocide route, Flowey slash Asriel, there's the big surprise. And I'm uh, done. Yeah, identifies more with you because he is a power-hungry individual, and in the genocide route, it's alleged that you're basically as close to the first character or the first child that falls, like the one that's raised with him. Uh, so yeah. maybe that's where some of this kind of like splits off. But And if you remind him of the child, that's why he gets really angry because you're like evoking that like feeling again in Flowey and he doesn't like it. He doesn't like yeah. being Asriel. Um, so I, the, it was the bit with the, um, like the ghost, like zombie monster things. Did mm -hmm. you grab from the vending machine initially? Uh, the chip thingy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, because I was I was kind of hoping you didn't because I did, and she said, oh, the monster smelled potato chips, and that's why they were following you. So I wondered what <laughs> the dialogue would be if you didn't partake in the potato chips. But they were um, test subject. Yeah, go on. Yeah, the, the only thing it said for me was that it, you know, it deposited a a thingy of chips or something. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why like the underground monsters were testing you that were chasing you because they wanted they wanted the cookie in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, there were the test subjects and basically zombies. They were injected by Alphys with determination to see if their mm -hmm. souls could happen after death. And they were like these weird experiment things and even to the point where they're like they're not who they are anymore. And she hasn't, like, contacted... There's a whole thing about she hasn't contacted the families at all about that. Yeah, they just disappear and she can't, like, produce a body anymore. Yeah, that's... And then she was like, what happens when the flower gains the will to live? And the next note, the flower is gone. And you're like... <laughs> <laughs> just like, thanks, Alphys. Thanks for that. Yeah. Then the elevator underneath takes you back up to the castle. But this time, Toriel saves you. Yeah. And basically like, scolds her ex-husband. Like, what are you doing? To the point where she's even like, you could have just went and got people to help you after you got the first soul. Like, why did you have to murder <laughs> six more kids? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Just scolds him. It's really great. Uh, Sansentorial meeting. This is the calm before the storm here. This is where, like, it's the last bit of levity before this game hits its, like, last really heavy bit here. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, all, the gang's all here. Uh, Sans and Toriel have a meeting, and they're like, wait a minute, you're the guy I've been hearing outside my door. And it's like a... That was a really touching moment. Yeah, you get this wholesome thing where it's just like, this person who's supposed to be your mom in the game sees that you have gone out and made friends and what she sees as a terrible world, um, and then has her own relationships with each of these people as well. So They all connected to her in some way. Yeah. Which ugh, was so good. And uh, so all your friends join up here, and then Flowey captures all of them, and then you have to do a alternate version of the Flowey fight where you have to save your friends. Yep. Initially, but then the flower turns into Azrael. Dun dun dun! Again. All of it begins to unravel. This is where I'm a bit lost. Okay. So how did Azrael turn into the flower? 
that I know she was injected with know. determination. So yeah. Um, so, so my only thought process here, and this is completely shot in the dark. I'm sure there is a very obscure forum on the internet that has it all nailed down. But I just feel like when they have that determination, they exist elsewhere. Um, okay. So Azrael would get his determination from the soul of the child when he absorbs mm-hmm. it and takes him outside. And then that's, I don't know, that's my only way that I could probably justify it. Like, his determination was so strong that it was, or his determination was so strong that his soul lasted long, because he was determined, for sure, to, like, there. So maybe his soul lasted longer to the point where uh, whenever um, uh, Alphys brought his body back, maybe that was the one she used in the flower. Could be. I can't remember if they said that he brought those flowers back with him uh when, oh, the, oh right those were the those were the same flowers where the kid died yeah right Got, okay that that i think ties it together i think that's why it was and since he was like stabbed maybe like his soul like was in the flower and when they injected it with more determination it kind of like a cross-contamination thing yeah and since he was murdered in cold blood essentially that's why it was filled with like the flower was filled with like a hot rage right it became, i mean you've like, got a demented version of asriel yeah this dude who's just trying to make right by somebody who spent his life with that got you know that fell on bad times trying to do the last nice thing that they wanted and then he's killed for it um and then exist outside of time for an undetermined amount of time so he's probably just had a lot of time to be bitter about it you know <laughs> I'd be mad too. <laughs> Probably turned lost all flower. faith in humanity. I lost my, I lost my best friend. I was murdered. I got turned into a flower. I just want to kill things. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, this boss fight's great. Again, another strong one. And this is where you learn to reveal too that your name was never what you wrote it as. It was actually Frisk. Right. That, uh, so Penny in my playthrough was the kid who fell in the well and befriended Asriel. Which I always thought was a from the when it said raised together, I thought it meant like he Asriel raised, but no, you were basically like brother uh, and sister. Brother and sister, yeah. yeah. It that redefined the relationship in like a very interesting way, and that's when you find out. Oh, Asriel is. This is why I connected the dots. Oh, Asriel's their son. Even though I probably should have got that forever ago, but <laughs> I was just hit with so much stuff. Uh, and yeah, Damn. it brings. And it brings a whole new meaning to, like, I hinted at before, but the casket that says your character's name, that wasn't for you. Because you, initially you think that's for you, but then you realize, no, it's... And the reason mm. it's an empty casket is because they didn't have a body to bring back. That's because no one could yeah. cross that. That's that's so good. Yeah, I didn't so, even thought about that. Mm-hmm. That, was a, that was the first thing I thought, because I went back that way again to see what was there, and it was still a casket. So that was fresh in my mind when I thought of that. Yeah. Uh, then, um, basically this is, you, you're saving, you're once again saving the souls of your friends, so you can all join together and defeat this evil god with the power of friendship in true JRPG fashion. Right. And this, the, this is the ending. You say your goodbyes to everybody here. You're meeting on the flower bed from the beginning of the game, and you can, you're all going to go through the portal together. And monsters are going to live, try to live at peace with humans. 
Yep. So you get to do. They did this in Deltarune as well. I just uh, played through that first chapter, where they just you basically just walk around and meet the cast, and you just talk to people again and get like a last final like okay. bit out of everybody, which is cool. I don't know if you did that before you walked through the barrier, but I, I talked to everybody multiple times into the point where they stopped. Were like, stop talking to me, <laughs> yeah. please. Yeah. Talk to someone else. <laughs> um. My, there's a good bit here. Uh, Papyrus just runs out and then Sans goes, someone's got to keep him out of trouble and then runs the And then just walks direction. the opposite direction. <laughs> That's pretty good. And then Undyne just goes like, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> did you choose to stay or did you choose to leave? Uh, I chose to stay. I chose to leave. Oh, really? Uh, so basically she just, in my playthrough, she talks about how happy she is that you're going to uh, stay with them and then you just walk off holding hands basically okay it was mine was it's basically kind of the same thing i get a hug and it's basically like hey i i understand you're gonna be a you're a stronger person you've you deserve to see the world yourself you get a hug and then you just go your separate ways gotcha. both work thematically with the game i feel like there's no wrong choice here you both yeah. feel like right I agree with that, but it is funny to me that the wording that they use is just, I got things to do. <laughs> like, if you decide not to stay, it's just like, come on, man, I've been down here for like six hours. You know, I got, I got things to do. Got people to call, I got people to see. <laughs> like, my mom probably is worried about me at least. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. What'd you do today? Uh, I almost got killed by some monsters. Oh, that's nice, dear. Anyway. By the way, they exist in our plane now, so. Oh, by, yeah, by the way, I kind of <laughs> call this. I uh, ushered yeah, in like... this second is that what Delta is kind of about? Is that about like this whole thing? But I guess if they did that, then it would kind of be if you didn't play this route, it would kind of feel cheated in some way, I guess. So, um, so I feel like this is another thing that somebody probably knows on some forum, but I think Delta or that considered the canon ending is the pacifist route, the true pacifist route. They're yeah. like that's how this game is supposed to be played, I guess. Um, and then Deltarune takes place in a world that has monsters and humans together. Okay, so it's so it's much later. Okay, but it's not. So it's not supposed to be oh. like uh, subsequent. Same. It's basically just like an alternative timeline. I want to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, there's a boss fight fake out at the end. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no. And then. I, re I reloaded the game just to see what would happen. I was greeted by Flowey, who's like, I have the power to reset everything. Okay, that was a bit I didn't touch on with Azriel. Azriel was obsessed with restarting everything because um, he didn't want to go through the pain again and I think wanted to redo it all different, I think. Was yeah, that whole. so basically he doesn't want to lose, you know, you as a friend, somebody that he sees as the like his first sibling slash best friend and it's yeah. just like i'm just going to destroy the entire universe over and over again until you that, stop trying to leave in that animated like bit at the end where you see a young uh asriel yeah. with uh the character so penny it's like helping like helping her up and everything and giving her a hug like hurts and yeah. then it's accentuated at the end where it's just you and uh Asriel talking on like Frisk and Asriel talking on like a, a black plane as he's like thanking you for freeing him and basically says, I'll open the gate, don't worry. Right. And uh, so good. And Folly says, has the power to reset everything. 
And that's why I was like, I can never play this game again because if you reset the game, you reset the world where everyone's happy. Yeah. And you take that away from them. You basically restart them and you can you doom them to being underground again if you restart the game, which cool way of playing. There's a really cool bit. It reminded me of Near Automata, where it asks you to where it's the opposite of that, where Near Automata at the end asks you to delete your save. Once you beat the game, it's like, you want to delete your save? That's interesting. <laughs> for, for a story reason that I don't necessarily want to get into if you haven't played the game, but it's... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really cool. Like It reminded me of like the inverse of that. Or this one's about saving your game and the adventure you've been through versus Neural Automata. It's like, hey, delete it, and this might help somebody. Yeah. And, which is cool. So I will give John the thumbs up to come back. Oh. Hey, he's back. Hello. I've surfaced so, from the, the non-spoiler water. <laughs> How'd it taste? It, ugh, awful. Oh, no. <laughs> well, glad, well, glad we got you out of there. That was a really long time to hold your breath. So <laughs> let's wrap up here. I'm going to give, actually, space here because Eric has a pre-recorded message for us. Yeah. Or his thoughts on Undertale because he couldn't be with us today. Take it away, Eric. Reporting live from the baby front, it's Eric here. As I mentioned in the last couple of episodes, got a new baby that uh, entered the ward last week. So obviously not on the uh, show this week due to priorities and all those things. But I still wanted to kind of hop on here real quick, throw out some uh, ideas of what I thought about the part two of Undertale. And uh, once again, kind of interrupt your wonderful show that's going on right now, I'm sure sure michael john and nick are having a great show and you'll probably like get me back to those guys but haha had to interrupt anyway um i'm not gonna go through like my the entire game obviously michael's probably already done that and you guys have hard well thought out expert <laughs> as expert as expert as uh state of the save gets i guess um analysis of undertale i'm just gonna be real vague here just kind of hit some highlights for me um, I will say that part two of this, playing through this second half, I think some of the bits really overstay their welcome. Um, Nick brought up a point last time that Alphys was the one character that he remembered when he played through this the first time, and he remembered hating him, and surprise, surprise, Alphys fucking sucks. And it's not even because of the character, it's more of the fact that it's a joke that just, it just gets hammered. Over and over and over and over and over. And it's a setup for the big surprise hill turn that Alphys makes. Um, which, surprise, surprise, I think I figured out probably 30 minutes before it actually happens. Because it's it's kind of an obvious turn for me. Like, of course he is. You know, like some weird obsessed uncle. Um, Murderbot comes out so much cooler than Alphys. Everything with Murderbot in this game is amazing. Everything that you could uh, hate about Alphys is great about Murderbot. His every sequence is just amazing. Arguably maybe my favorite character in this game. Not sure. Um, but they said this. Uh, there's a lot of good bits here that I really liked. I like particularly one that stood out for me was the Sands 
conversation in which you go out to dinner with Sands at the hotel, and he tells you that basically your monster mom from the beginning was uh, had put him in charge of kind of helping you along, and there's this great like subtle tension there of you knowing as like for me as the person who killed her, uh, knowing what I did. And him just being like, boy, if she didn't do that, you'd be dead. And like this really like dark pause there as you let that sink in. Um, the and also I want to throw out the uh, the spider boss paying off where you get to the second bake sale, and then they attack you for being cheap. And uh, my way of getting out of it was the fact that I had bought something at the first bake sale. So they're like, oh yeah, wait. The spiders from the first bake sale are like, hey, you did buy something, so you're not that cheap. We'll let you, we'll let you fly, which is great because I was getting my ass kicked. Um, there's several boss fights in this last section that just bite you in the ass that you have to deal with some difficult freaking fights. Um, yeah, man. I, All in all, and like I said, Michael and John and Nick will be giving y'all the the cool great breakdown here but my overall feelings on undertale is it's a game that while i enjoy it i do not have the the love for it that a lot of people do it didn't appeal to me it didn't connect with me on a super deep level like i thought it maybe would have it's a solid game i really am glad to finally have played it and you know have the um the reference that you know comes along with it uh it's biggest hindrance is i never enjoyed the combat and i know that there's a lot of people who are screaming right now being like well you're supposed to play the more pacifist run like nick and michael but the even like the bullet hell stuff it feels a little bit sometimes very random and like you know you're almost guaranteed to get hit at least once come you know because of the pattern changes um, I just never enjoyed the combat, and that's a shame that that one aspect just never clicked. You know, it never clicked with me. Um, Character-wise, though, character writing is top-notch. Um, if you told me, "Hey, we're playing his next game," you know, next week, I would probably be fine with that. I think his his character writing, his music is fucking amazing, and never stops being amazing. Um, other than Alphys, every character in this game is great, except Alphys, because Alphys can go fuck off. Um, but yeah, like I really am. I'm looking forward to because this is the first show. I'm not in person there to hear what the guys have to say. Um, I here's my my predictions here. I think this game is going to go over super well with Michael. I think it will go over well with john i'm not me and john don't know each other very well so i'm not entirely sure how he'll respond to this second part and nick this is a this is a nick game if there ever was one and him having the multi-playthrough advantage i think is going to be fascinating so uh i'll get you back to the boys there i will see you back on the next episode i'm going to go and try to sleep and it won't walk I'll get woken up anyway, so uh, wish me luck there. As always, thank you guys for supporting the show, and uh, it's been a really cool ride so far. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up. I hope everybody enjoyed uh, last week's really good Foul Corrupted with our guest Tanner there. That was uh, the Super Mario Brothers 
just excuse for Michael and Tano to fight each other over shit. Um, basically, it was basically an excuse for them to fight. Any show that Michael shows up with a spreadsheet, you know shit's going to go weird. Um, but yeah, ton of cool stuff coming up for the end of the year. It's going to be great fall and winter. I feel like the show hits its stride in, in winter and fall. It's our time, I guess. You know, everybody's inside playing video games in the cold. Um, so yeah, I'll get you back to the boys. Have a good one. Back to you, Michael. I'll do the radio shit. Thanks, Eric. Thanks. Yeah, so true, there. man. You, you killed you it, man. That, I like I liked the part where you said the thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good point that you made. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. That was beautiful and was not hastily put in <laughs> via editing software. You you it really got a little problematic there towards the end, but a good thing that Michael was able to cut that out. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not sure we had to bring that country into this, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> not everything's an analog man <laughs> so overall let's go let's go around one last time and everybody get your thoughts on undertale as a whole i i want to say i came around on this half because that implies i wasn't into it in the first time but the second half connected all the pieces and i absolutely love this game i get its popularity i get its significance in like gaming culture weird phrase to say but it's it it's it's an incredible indie game and the fact that it was made by one person astonishes me and i love this game and i'm probably gonna do a genocide route eventually just because i want to hear all the cool music and see all the pieces uh, pieces <laughs> of the puzzle i miss i, yeah, I really want to find i really want to find a design doc and like figure out how he accomplished this because this is this is a master class of indie games and like how totally. to make how to make an effective game with only a few hours like it's probably the shortest game we played for a two-parter on this show but we needed it to discuss because this is like just discussing the second half of undertale this is probably going to be our longest episode we've ever done <laughs> yeah so <laughs> warranted absolutely so that's that's what i think uh john what did you think of this game oh man this I wish I'd played this five years ago when it came out. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm, this, I'm right there with you. It was an incredible experience. I was so glad to have finally experienced it. This game was funny. It was emotional. It was enough to keep me engaged, but it wasn't too much to drive me away in terms of like lore, in terms of just anything that could be you know taken as overwhelming. There are several reasons to stop playing a game. This game did not give me any of those. In fact, it gave me all the reasons to want to play it again, which I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to do a pacifist run. I might even do a full-out genocide run one day because yeah, I'm near Megalovania. <laughs> Meg- yeah, Megalovania. Yeah, that's the reason why you would do a genocide that's run, just to hear that reason. tracking context. <laughs> if someone told me that genuinely, I would believe it. Because, <laughs> like, absolutely a, a reason. Yeah, you murder your friends, that. but dude, look, listen to this song. <laughs> Yeah, but it bo- it bops though. It bops though, <laughs> exactly. Just like the bodies yeah. on the ground. <laughs> but yeah, no, and I'm glad I got to experience it in a neutral way first, because that kind of leaves me open to two exciting new ways to experience this game. At least, at it'll, least, it'll feel new either way. That yeah, you experience it. I get you. Yeah, and that's uh, those are my thoughts. Wonderful game. Uh, mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite games I've played this year. I, I'm up there with you with that. 
All right, Nick, you having played this game before, how did it compare to your first time playing it? So, I mean, to be completely honest, I kind of thought, like, when we mentioned this, like, I was down to do it, uh, but I kind of thought it was going to be something that was, like, more of a slog for me because I've already played it. Um, but just the fact that there's so many different ways to play this game that are more than just, like, well, you didn't, you took the extra time to not kill anybody and there's no payoff. Um, you know, that's, that's not how this game handles that. There's so many different oh, no. interactions and stuff that you can uh, get out of it. Um, I will say for John, if you're going to do a genocide route, do it mm -hmm. first before you do a true pacifist. Cause you will have oh, to really? start from a true reset to get a true pacifist. Oh, okay. Yeah. This game has so many weird, like, again, like <clears throat> the reason it's called like true pacifist is because you're starting from a blank slate. And then you have to get that reset from the beginning of or the end of a, a genocide run, which is it just goes to show you how many weird like you can play a neutral oh, route right. and then play a pacifist route and then play a genocide route and then play a pacifist route. And they still know that they killed, you know, you killed you somebody. Did all those things. Gotcha. Because yeah, when, so when we played it, when we played it, I played a pacifist route first and it didn't make me restart from the beginning. It was like, oh, you didn't kill anybody. You can start from the new content. It's basically like unlocking the third semester in Persona 5. It's like, did you yeah. need these arbitrary check marks? Okay, you can. Congratulations, you want to let the new content. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the further I got away from this game after beating it the first time, which was relatively after it was uh, released, um, the kind of harsher and more critical I looked back on it and kind of convinced myself I didn't like it. But now playing it again, the more I talk about it, the more I'm just like, wow, this game is just like very thoughtfully made, and it's just it's very good. Was that a result of like the popularity of it? Like when you see, it's like when you see an indie band you like take off, you're like, uh, that album's not, it's good, but it's not that good. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's partially that where it's just like, you know, I played this game and then now they're making like memes that are like four uh, or five yeah. different layers that have just been like re memed like five different times. I'm just like, I don't, I don't identify with this anymore. The Rick and um, Morty effect. The reason exactly. I watched yeah. season is because of the fandom in a way. Exactly. Yeah. Shouldn't, shouldn't deter me from that at all, but it's just, same. The fact that like a community can like sour you on something is really sad, but overall, like, because I'm glad, I'm really glad we played this for the show, just because it's a, a, a fantastic game, and I'm so happy that we found like so many like ways to like discuss this game, and yeah, yeah. All right, should we call it for the Undertale portion? Let's call it. All right. Well, uh, being this is our the end of a game club, that means we're starting a new game club. Eric will be back for the next game club, and that's going to be... You guys wanted it? Well, I wanted it. You guys gave us the reviews we needed to make this happen. That's right. Let's do this. It's Sonic Adventure 2 time. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh no. <laughs> That's a, oh, yeah. an accurate response, I'd say. Kind of nailed it. <laughs> Knuckles has a way with words. <laughs> oh no! Uh, so I'm gonna frame. I'm gonna be really quick with the history. I, I like to frame the history of a game before we go fresh into the next one. So I'm gonna go really fast with the history of the development of Sonic Adventure Two. And I just want to say, first up, we did it. We have finally reached a milestone I've been trying for from the very beginning. We're playing a Dreamcast game. It finally happened. How we made this happen. So, 
Sonic was the brainchild of Yuji Naka, who was Sega's lead programmer for Fantasy Star, and Naoto Oshima. And for the development of Sonic the Hedgehog, I would say read the book Console Wars, because that is an incredible book that outlines the entire history of, like, Sega of America, and how they eventually crushed, they eventually crushed Nintendo's monopoly into a 50-50 split in the market. So, great book, and that details Sonic. But before the release, they gave their team the name Sonic Team, because they were sure the game was going to be a hit, so might as well name the studio after it. Uh, tensions were high for Yuji and some of his staff members after Sonic event, after Sonic 1, because the game was a massive hit, which made for the fact that they didn't get their names in the end credits hurt all the more, because Japanese games at the time, they didn't credit individual staff members. They credited the whole studio. So the credits were just happy music, and it says, developed by Sonic Team. Anyway, moving on, you beat the game. So the team members rebelled and put their names on a black there's a black screen at the end that's like for a few seconds long all the names of the people who developed it have black text on that black screen to feel like they they hid their credits in the game so yeah so um tom kalinsky who was the head of nintendo who the head of sega of america at the time um he reached out and was like hey yuji um there's some tension over there i want you to develop sonic the hedgehog 2 in america so Yuji picked his best his best team, and they moved over to form to make Sonic Two, and that was a hit. So he stays in America for the remainder of the Genesis before moving back for Japan. Sonic Extreme is being developed and is canceled for the Sega Saturn, and then Sonic Adventure releases on the Dreamcast in on launch day nine nine ninety nine. The rave reviews and blew people's minds. People loved that well. Uh, however, one main problem critics cited was the hub areas were considered uninteresting and only served to connect levels. They didn't really serve a purpose other than, like, pad time. So Yuji Naka comes back to America to form Sonic Team USA in San Francisco, of all places. And he was inspired by the San Francisco City Lens... San Francisco Cityscapes and Yosemite National Park, which shaped the game's setting and levels. And he wanted to inject more of an American flavor into the game for Sonic Adventure 2. So... That includes cutting out the filler, ramping up the speed to lead from action set piece to action set piece connected by a cutscene. You're not traveling to these levels anymore. You're going to hit you one after another action. Like, he wanted to make Americanize it in a way and make it, like, very action-focused and straightforward. I mean, as a great hedgehog says, gotta go fast. Gotta go fast, exactly. So... This includes the soundtrack, shifting more... So the first soundtrack was, like, a weird mix of, like... Was, uh, critics were were kind of dismissive of the soundtrack, going, there's a couple songs in here, but mostly they're, like, there's a bit of a glam rock flair to them that doesn't quite mesh. Like, it was Scattershot, the soundtrack for Sonic 1. And the uh, so Sonic 2 has an emphasis on melodic pop-punk, hip-hop, and orchestral music. The soundtrack. This soundtrack rules, and I will stand by that. And now, the kinks of the Dreamcast were worked out, so Nock and his team had a much better development experience, and the game released on June 9th, 2001, to high critical praise. Critics loved the replay value, the Chow Garden, which is my favorite part of the game, the visuals and the soundtrack, but they hated the camera. The camera sucks. I'll just throw that all the way now, so we're going to have a bad time with the camera. And the game is still, to this day, on several best games of the Dreamcast list. 
And this game came near the end of the Dreamcast fall. The PlayStation 2 was looming and was going to eat everyone's lunch. Or maybe it was out by this point. I keep forgetting. I think the PS2 came out in late 2000. So I think it ate the Dreamcast lunch by this point. So Sonic Adventure 2 released on the GameCube where sales were doubled. But the total of the Dreamcast numbers, it sold twice as much on the Dreamcast in a much shorter amount of time. And was and is still one of the best-selling GameCube games. It's available to play on the Dreamcast, GameCube, PS3, Xbox 360, and Steam. And for part one of Sonic Adventure 2, we are going to play the hero story. And for part two, we're going to play the dark story. You play as the villains for half this game. And uh, then you unlock a third... The second part will also include a third chapter that opens up when you beat two that ties up all the loose ends and ties up this game into a grand finale. And that's the history of Sonic 2... Sonic Adventure 2, that's what we're going to be playing for the show next. I am very excited to play this. I'm very excited to start this game and then spend the rest of my time raising a award-winning fleet of Chow to yeah, I... participate in sports for me. <laughs> yes. Uh, I can't wait to hear the text. I, sorry, guys. I didn't fit. I can't join you. I can't finish this section. Uh, I'm too busy raising these Chow. Or, or uh, I went ahead and played the Dark or I went ahead and played the dark missions because I really wanted to raise some Dark Chow. And uh, the best way to do that is... Had to unlock Chow Hell. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, there's a a Chow Hell. I forgot about that. (laughs) I feel like half of our time is going to be discussing the story and then half the time is talking about our Chow, which is exactly what I want because we're going to be... Because I'm going to be hit by the fact that either A, I'm going to be like, this game still rules and I have a connection to it, or B, I'm going to be like, this game sucks, but the Chow Garden is great. (laughs) The reason I picked this, one, because it has a very personal tie to me in video gaming. I'll get into that once we like start the show. But um, it reinvigorated my love with video games in a lot of ways. And uh, the second part is because something has to get below Dead Space. Something <laughs> has to. And e- there's two ways this could go, both equally hilarious. E- a, the bottom game on our list is a Sonic game, which is funny to me. Or two... We vote okay. Sonic, or, <laughs> or or vote, or B, we vote Sonic Adventure 2 to be better than Dead Space. And Eric has to live with that fact. <laughs> so, get ready for that. And I think that wraps this up. Oh, this is by far our longest episode, but this was a great discussion. Thanks, John, for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. For the Undertale Game Club, it was great having you you brought a lot of insightful points and we would love to have you again in the future nick thanks again for joining us here we hope to have you by through sonic adventure but uh has work calmed down a bit or is it still a lawless hellhole uh yeah that's the latter it's pretty fair pretty terrible Ooh, okay <laughs> only uh, get worse so, <laughs> oh oh no <laughs> oh no to quote knuckles again oh, no. yeah. but, so we'll see how we'll, we'll see how this goes we'll um Figure it out as we go, as we do with Stay of the Save. You might think we're an organized podcast, but the joke's on you. But speak, But if you like this uh, disorganized podcast, feel free to give us five stars on iTunes and wherever else you can rate podcasts. Give us a shout-out on social media, at Stay of the Save, on Twitter, Instagram, and the TikTok. Or send an email with your thoughts on Sonic Adventure 2, Undertale, or any other games past or games that you want us to play. We'd love to answer your emails, or, or you can just ask us what's your favorite movie, and we'll talk about that for about 20 minutes and uh, spend some time doing that. So thank you, everybody, and to quote Eric, stay safe out there. <laughs> <laughs>